right you heard the intro it only means one thing it's time it's time your boys are back again for another brand new episode of the in time wrestling podcast another week down in the books it's been a very very i don't even know the words to put it at half time i have i really don't have words half the time for the week yeah it, it it's hard to even like put a single word on the continuous weeks of wrestling. I know, it's so fucking bizarre. Like, you always just want to go, it's a good week, it's a bad week. Half the time when we do our episode here, it's like, it's a week. <laughs> like, I don't really know the words to describe this week. Like, like, it's just been a week. That's really it. So, I was like, what news that we have can we, like, really talk about? And really, as far as I remember, only one thing. And I don't really know if it's going to make that big of a difference here. We got the announcement that starting, I believe, what was it, July, what, Eight, 18th? This oh, it's this coming Monday. Okay. Raw is going to be going to TV 14. Supposedly, I don't know what's going on with SmackDown. If that's going to be the same kind of thing, I don't know what's going on here yet with that. My question is this: Is it really going to make a difference? Probably not, but you could really hope. Like you <sighs> could hope that it could, it could be, at least like a smidge more like edgier than it is, because it was so like bouncy house for so many years. It was just playing it straight. The crowd would fucking go, oh, when somebody would say bitch. It's like, <laughs> let's move past that. <laughs> let's just get, you know, I told, I did this, I did the joke to you as soon as I told you. You know the one motherfucker that's going to take advantage of this is Cody. He's going to be like, hey, yo, Vince, hear me out. Right? So, I come back. I have... Me and Seth have one more match, but we involve blood. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I know we haven't been able to Jesus. bleed for, for quite a while, but, like, just think of it. You know? Because, you know, Cody, he just, he, like, he thrives off of fucking bleeding in a feud. He's like, he's like Moxley. But you're gonna say he's like Ric Flair. He's like Moxley. <laughs> he's not bleeding. He's like, oh, well, that fucking match sucked. <laughs> it's Moxley's fucking, like, M.O. lately is just <laughs> bleeding for no goddamn apparent reason. Yeah, but we'll get to that. I, I, I really don't think it's gonna make a difference because right now, as long as Vince is still here, does it really make a difference? No, it doesn't. Well, to be fair, 
convinced by the day has less and less to do with the day-to-day operations. Well, it needs to hurry up faster to the point where he's out of there, because as long as he still has any involvement here, this TV-14 thing makes no fucking difference. It really doesn't. You can really just hope. Honestly, with this whole thing, all you can do is hope that the change from PG to TV-14 actually makes, like, at least, like, a little bit. I'm not, I'm not expecting, like, a complete 180 flip-flop. I'm not expecting anything like that. I'm just hoping that it at least feels a little different. It's, it's gonna be tough. It's not so fucking... Mickey Mouse's Playhouse or fucking uh, Pee Wee's Funhouse type shit. <laughs> Can we get some just some edginess? It's... Some fucking like some deeper, darker fucking stories so we're not just stuck with the same old shit that we've had for 15 years now at this point. That's what I'm saying. When If TV 14 only makes everything better when the creative slash stories get better. Yeah. Then it makes all the sense in the world. Like I said, that's why I'm thinking it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's why I'm saying, well, not doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm just saying it's not going to be a difference until stories and the writing and the creative and all this other shit changes. Yeah. Like, it's going to need to change first. Then TV-14 will just be all this bigger, will be, make more fucking, like, reasons to be like, this feels different now. Until then, it's gonna be like, if the writing's no different, we're just gonna get, haha boob jokes, haha there's a tit, look, there's a curse word that wasn't originally used, like, we'll probably get a slip of a fuck, more fucking boobs, and everything else. No, they're, like, they're not gonna... They're not going to say fuck. You never know. You never know. Nah. They'll probably say shit again. Oh, like yeah. Corey Graves did that one night where it was just like, holy, holy shit. shit. And it was just like everybody missed it completely until it was like, you go was back that the night that Big Show and Strowman broke the ring? No, that was the night Strowman and Lashley went through the stage. I knew it had something to do with Strowman. It's about to say, it's Strowman. Anything that really was involving him at the time was a holy shit thing. Still, even when he was in that stint where everyone was like, Okay, Strowman, this is enough now. Like, we're not getting anything else here. But it's like, it's Braun Strowman. Come on. Yeah. Nowadays, Braun Strowman's a whole different story. We're not (laughs) going to go into him. Yeah, he has the the mare from How the Grinch Stole Christmas Hair. (laughs) He's so fucking stupid looking. So fucking stupid looking. I guess Shane McMahon was right all this time when he said he was stupid. Now he really is stupid. So, congratulations, Braun. You proved Shane McMahon correct. So, start with Raw. Show kicked off, of course, with the grandiose return of Brock Lesnar. Can you just feel the excitement radiating off me here, like... Brock pretty much cut a promo talking about how he's going to slaughter, he's going to treat Roman like a, like a hog and slaughter him with his whole pigs get fat 
hogs get slaughtered thing, talked about how he slaughters pigs on his farm, and I'm just like, I don't give a shit, Brock. I don't really give a damn. I, I, you can't, Brock Lesnar at this point can do nothing to make me give a fuck about this Roman Reigns match. I'm sorry. Lesnar can't, Reigns can't, Heyman can't, nothing. I just don't care. I really don't. I, yeah, it's, it's touted as the last time ever we're gonna see these two, supposedly. But I don't, I believe that as much as I believe any other fucking thing that WWE's done lately. You tell me it's the last match ever? Sure, I'll believe that when I don't, when I, when it fucking actually is something I can believe. Like, come on, once in a lifetime? We ended up getting twice in a lifetime? Bullshit, like... This is the same fucking thing. This is the last time ever we're gonna see Reigns and Lesnar in a ring together. Bull crap. Bull fucking shit. So, again, Theory came out. Lesnar wanted to fight him. I just... Heyman came out. He was he cut pretty much the same promo he always cuts. And he was, like, putting over Brock, it felt like. It was like, Friday he was putting over Roman. Like, last week on fr for Friday he was putting over Roman. This week he was putting over Reigns, like... Or, he was putting over Lesnar, like... I just, I didn't get it. It was just like... I didn't care. Again, Heyman can't get me interested in this at this point. I'm just over it. Then we get the random appearance of Gable and Otis for some fucking reason. Well, no, Theory came out after Yeah, that's that. what I'm saying. Theory came out, and then we got Gable and Otis for some fucking reason. Well, because Theory came out, and he was saying, like, after SummerSlam, no matter who wins, you gotta get ready for him, because he's gonna cash in, which probably means that he won't cash in. Again, he showed the freaking footage of that pretty much if he's cashing in, if Brock wins... It's revenge for what happened in Elimination Chamber. Because yeah. they showed what happened in Elimination Chamber. The only thing that was fucking stupid with that whole video, re like, watching that video again, was them cutting out Theory going off the cage. Like, he, him hitting the floor was some big fucking, like, oh my god, he's gotta be dead thing, but he fucking is right there. Like, we get it, okay? Theory, like, landed on his feet. And then kind of fell over and just sold the rest of it. Like, I don't... Again, I understand. Theory wants revenge, would want revenge if Brock wins this match at SummerSlam. Obvious. Okay. I just, again, I don't see Theory successfully cashing this in. I just can't. Not with Reigns and not with Brock. I don't care if they're at 20%. I don't care if they're at 5%. Theory cannot... There's no fucking way... Theory can successfully cash in on those two. Any one of them. I mean, like, it's hard to believe, but it's also like, you can, it's the money in the bank. Like, anything can happen. I mean, we've talked about it already. We still think, we still say it's way too soon for Theory. It is. Yeah. They should have waited, like, another year or so to strap the money in the bank on Theory. This just continuously shows the whole, this is our favorite, this is our new guy here. 
Austin Theory's our guy, like... Yeah. We get that he was touted for years to be the next John Cena, but, like, slow it down. That's what I'm saying. He's not John Cena yet. That's why I'm saying that's what one issue with Theory is, is this whole thing isn't organic. It's literally force-fed. It's literally the whole, you should like Theory thing, here's Theory, like... But it's like... I don't think it's... I don't think it's trying to make us like theory. I don't think that's the objective at all. If, they, if that was the objective, they would be trying to, like, you know, per, portray him as a baby face. Well, but they're they're not. Well, I mean, he's when it still, comes to... He's still a prick. Yeah, but when it comes to him having to deal with Roman and Brock, it, it feels very like you should like theory. Theory's a, like a baby face in that situation. Oh. It gives me that weird feeling. That's what I'm saying. A lot of this feels very forced. It's it's just forced that he's already in this situation. Yeah, but I, I I'm starting it's, to feel it's more. It's not it's not like he's like peak Roman hatred for everyone, where they're like making him triumphant and destroy seven people in front of him just for him to finally get his title match, and then he. <laughs> gets screwed out of that title match and then he, he has to fight through seven more people to get another title match and then he <laughs> finally wins that and then he gets then he gets cashed in. It's it's not like that. It's well I know just, it's not that, but it, it just feels like another it to me it still feels a lot like trying to get Theory over as a babyface, which later on in the show, at the end of the show we'll get to there. I don't feel that I, I don't know. It's it gives me a weird vibe about it. There's something definitely off about it. But in the end, we got Otis and Gable showing up for... I think the only thing that feels off about it is because in this situation, you don't cheer anybody. No, you don't. You're supposed to be cheering Lesnar. But at this point, we've seen Roman and Lesnar so fucking much that we don't care... Or even believe Lesnar has any remote chance whatsoever. I so mean, it's it's hard to even get invested and cheer Lesnar in this situation. Because you're like, alright, well, here we go. Roman and Lesnar. Roman and Lesnar, fucking 75,000. Just get this done and over with. Because we know fucking Roman's winning this. Lesnar is not... He's not getting this last opportunity because it's supposed to be some triumphant big win. Mm-hmm. And we know at this point, I don't think Theory cashes in at SummerSlam, so I don't know why he's teasing a SummerSlam cash. If in. anything, Theory cashes in at Clash of the Castle. Yeah, Drew's gonna. We're gonna leave Clash of the Castle with Theory as champion, probably. Yeah, Drew's More gonna. Than Drew's gonna win against Roman, and then they're gonna have this. Big ol' oh yeah, I won in my hometown, in my home country, and then Theory's gonna come out, ruin everything, the, the entire city of fucking Wales is gonna be booing the shit out of them, and that's how the, the show is gonna close. You wanna know what's gonna be really fucking, like, bad? What if they do the same thing like they did with Drew at WrestleMania, with this situation? Drew beats beats Reigns, and then Theory comes in, cashes in, and then Drew just beats him again. 
I don't. Just Big Show fucking Brock Lesnar all over again. I don't think it. I don't. As much as it's hard to see Theory cashing in on anybody, I don't think he fails. I I'm there's, starting to think he there's, does. There's no reason whatsoever they would give money in the. They would hot shot Theory to Money in the Bank so quickly if they were not going to make him win. It's just. I, I, I can never come up... I just can't come up with any kind of situation here that just makes it go, yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, I can go with that. It's just th- This weird. may be a hot take here. Now, you... Tell me if you agree with me here. Okay. If Money in the Bank this year ends in the women's cashing in in less than 24 hours and a fail, Money in the Bank needs to be off for a couple years. I mean... Because clearly creative doesn't even put any effort whatsoever. They they just go, they cash it in immediately, or they lose. There's no build-up. I mean, how many people have, like, said WWE's gimmick matches need a break? A lot of the big gimmick matches. Hell in a Cell needs to go away for a while... Elimination Chamber needs to go away for a while. It's Fucking not. It's not even that. Bank needs it's to not go even away that Hell in a Cell like, needs to go away for a while. It's just the fact that they need to put it back to the way it was. Like Edge and Rollins ending in Hell in a Cell, not at a Hell in a Cell pay per view, was perfect. That mm-hmm. is the personification on how a feud should end. If it's gone for so long, and they, they're in this gigantic blood feud, and they need one way to end it, Hell in a Cell. There, do, there doesn't need to be an entire pay-per-view booked around something that should be the be-all and end-all of a feud. Just imagine if WWE had done fucking Hell in a Cell the way TNA used to do Lockdown. That would have been the worst. That would be fucking awful. Every match, every match contested inside Hell in a Cell would have been awful. Then you would have those random fucking matches that... Because you know how WWE is. They book random fucking matches. Like, we would have Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin in Hell in a Cell. Like, it belongs in there. No. Just imagine if they had fucking done that. You would have the women's tag team titles in Hell in a Cell. That's what I'm saying. Look at how much... Look at uh, like when the people say that it needs to go away. Look at the th- to to thank God they haven't done that. They they never did that. Because if they'd have followed TNA's fucking logic and just said every match one night contested inside Hell in a Cell would have been atrocious, literally, atrocious, literally awful. It's like when like I said when TNA did that, it was a cool concept like idea. But come on, there was matches on that card in lock when lockdown first became a thing, like locked inside like as a pay per view concept where every match is contested inside six sides of steel. That was like ridiculously unnecessary. Yeah. No fucking other feuds besides the big ones really need to be contested inside six inside six sides of steel. Like, not every match needed to be contested in that. So, like, in Hell in a Cell. So, just be glad they never went that route with it. Going back on topic, I personally feel that if if the Money in the Bank cash-ins this year are 
a twenty less than twenty four hour cash in and a fail, it needs to be scrapped for at least a year. They they can't just have because the only reason why we had money in the bank so early is because a they needed another pay per view because mm-hmm. money in the bank is never in July. Yeah, no, never. They needed another pay per view, and money in the bank was so quick last year. It, it people even don't even probably don't even remember who won Money in the Bank last year or technically like months ago. It was Biggie and Nikki, Nikki yep. ASH, yep. and they both cashed it in within like a week. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's just I... they don't try. They don't try, especially with women's Money in the Bank people or winners. They don't try. It's just... Every winner since Carmella has cashed it in within the same night or 24 hours later. Well, my thing is this. Think about it. If we're talking that Theory's gonna cash in at Clash the Castle, look at how shitty a fucking booking that is. How you book Drew constantly strong so many fucking times and then just go, well, now's the time to fucking pull the trigger... And then you just don't pull the trigger again. It's just going to be one of those, uh, it's just going to be one of those, like, Roman, it's going to be like Roman Sheamus moment. <sighs> That's so Theory's going to cash in, he's going to win, he's going to have, like, a pretty short reign, and he's probably just going to drop it right back to Drew. Ugh, it's so stupid. I just, It's again. like the Randy Orton and Drew thing, where Randy Orton randomly, for no reason, Won the WWE title from Randy, and then literally the next pay-per-view dropped it back. Well, I wouldn't even use that as an example, because if when in that situation, it was down to the point where Randy pretty much had to win. There was no way you needed to pull the trigger. Like, you had to justify continuous, like continuing the feud, so you had to have Randy win the title. That's not true, because, like, half the time... In WWE, feuds go way too long. That's my thing, though. But did you really want to sit through fucking months of Randy and fucking Drew McIntyre that got really fucking played out after a while? Randy winning caused them to have another match. That's what I'm saying. If Drew won, they could have just cut it off there. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, though. I feel like in that position, it was give Randy the title or end it, and they wanted to keep it going, so they had to just go with it. At that point, and I was just like, fuck. Even I got tired of that. It was Lashley and Drew all over again. Way too fucking long. And that's Way the, too long. That's the problem, I think, in general. It's just like, we've we've said this a lot on the show, is that Babyface... Babyface is a, as world champions, just... They're, they're just not the same. They're really not. Pretty much... They're not. It's, they I've win had the title. T- I've had people say it. Literally, I've seen numerous people say it. A babyface chasing is always better than a champion. Than the babyface winning the title. Yeah. It's a, just disappointing. A heel as champion, it just... There's so many more interesting possibilities as for a heel as champion than there is a babyface. Because a babyface is just, I'm going to overcome all challengers and I'm a fighting champion and blah blah blah. That's why I wish that fucking trend would change. We need to start seeing some strong looking baby face champions not just being like 
oh, well, they won the title, and then it's just like the entire run just feels like shit. Because it's like, well, enjoyed the fuck out of the chase, but as soon as we got the title, guess what? Uh, okay, there's, there's this, yeah, it's like, yeah, I want that trend to change so bad. Mm. I do. But now, now that, that we're, we're off topic again, yeah. let's get back on topic. Right? Gable and Otis show up <laughs> for some fucking reason. I don't know why. They freaking listened to Theory saying Gable jump Gable and Otis Brock probably Lesnar. only came out because they, they were teaming with Theory last week. And they're still, just like, okay, well, we'll just we'll just keep continuity. Still, why is Otis and fucking Gable listening to Austin Theory, though? Why were Gable and Otis listening to Kevin Owens just, like, six weeks ago? Because Kevin Owens and fucking Gable had a reason why. And Otis is just there with fucking Gable, so the reason why, you know... It's the same thing. Heels listen to heels because heels don't have anything better to do. It just didn't really make any sense. Ooh, you teamed up once last week. I'm just gonna link you know up how with you. it is. Why was why was Shayna Baszler and Zia Lee with Sonya Deville a couple weeks ago on SmackDown? Because heels will be heels and they want to <laughs> be dicks for no reason. They're like, oh, I have a I have a good chance of beating up Brock Lesnar when they have zero chance at all. <laughs> Otis takes a fucking F5 like Big Show. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it pretty much resulted in the same fucking thing we always get with a Brock Lesnar thing. Out comes two freaking people that stand no chance of taking out Brock Lesnar. Lesnar just murders them both. Literally, mur- he literally murdered Chad Gable with their sta- with those <laughs> stairs. That first shot, I literally go, Jesus Christ! <laughs> the second one wasn't any better. I was still pretty fucking vicious. Yeah. But again, it's, it does nothing for me. This does nothing. Like, all this was was to, again, have Brock come out here and have you get excited for SummerSlam. I don't there, care there, about There Summer. is no excitement about I this. don't say, I don't care about what's going to happen between these two at SummerSlam. Plain and fucking simple. So we got our first match of the night. Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor, pretty much off the the cusp of what happened last week with Balor and Damian Priest jumping Rey and Dominic after after they kept trying again. They again, even here, they tried their damnedest to try to get yeah, Dominic to join. It's they, just they, when they after they attacked after their match, where mm-hmm. Rey became Eddie Guerrero and again, it steel. was it was a Stole, good I say. it was a good match. It's just. I, I just can't get in a judgment day anymore. I just can't. Yeah, basically, the story with this is that they're trying to convince Dominic that his father is a bad father and to join them because they have more to teach. Here's my thing here, though. Is anybody, and I mean anybody, really gonna give a shit if Dom joins Judgment Day. Like... No. Yeah, thank you. Like, everybody wants Dom to turn. And it's like, at this point, either it's never gonna happen, it's gonna be drawn out too goddamn long that by the time it does happen, no one's gonna fucking care. Or C, just nobody's gonna fucking care because... 
you're gonna put him in a fucking group that doesn't really fucking fit Dominic Mysterio. Like, when you look at Judgment Day, do you go, yeah, I could see Dominic Mysterio fitting in there with these <laughs> dark, spooky characters. No! Well, the, the story that's basically just... The, the story that they're trying to tell is, wow, Dom is really stupid, and he's trying... He's thinking that, oh, maybe they have a point. When in reality, there's zero point whatsoever that they're trying to make, and they're just trying to be like, ahaha, we tricked you into joining the Judgment Day. We have nothing to teach, because we're a pointless group. It, I just, it, like I said, it was a good match, because it's Ray and Don, it's Ray and Finn, but I don't give a fuck about Judgment Day. I don't really want Dom to fucking leave his dad because we need more fucking tag teams in a tag division that's lacking fucking tag teams. Honestly, at this point, I don't care. If if Dom turns, I don't give a shit. Really. Yeah. Especially joining Judgment Day. What does what the hell does joining Judgment Day do for Dominic Mysterio? Honestly. At this point, the way people talk about Dominic Dominic should be in NXT. Yep. Plain and fucking simple. I don't know why he's still here, unless unless Ray can get him better by without even having to worry about it. Send him to NXT. Cause it's just like it's not working. It 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 need you need to figure out something here. But again, don't break it up because I I we don't need to lose any more fucking tag teams. You got a fucking tag team division that's like lacking. In teams right now. Like, we got nothing left. Like, nothing left here. So Finn gets the win. Cool. Got it. This is gonna probably keep going. It just doesn't fucking tickle my fancy at all. Really, I just, I don't get this. I, I, I would not be surprised if we see this at SummerSlam in another tag match, and that's where Edge returns. I mean, we're 99.9% absolutely getting Finn Balor and Edge at fucking SummerSlam. Just at the point where it's it's just gonna be at the now, point I don't, where I don't think that I don't think Edge and Balor happens at SummerSlam. I do. I don't think Edge returns on a random raw. Well, I, I think don't, I don't think he returns this Monday. You think he returns at SummerSlam? Yeah, I think we get Mysterios and Judgment Day again in a tag team match, and then... Edge the, shows up at yeah. SummerSlam? Yeah. I mean, either or. My freaking terrified freaking brain right now just goes, oh, fuck, I bet you we're gonna get the same thing of the AJ feud just with Edge now. Watch it happen. Which means we're gonna get constant fucking new Judgment Day members where Edge is just going to get one-sidedly beat over and over again because he's just a stick it to Edge for not wanting to do the super spooky stuff. Like, fuck out of here. Like, stupid. I mean, the difference with that is is at least Edge, at least beating Edge means something. But it doesn't do really anything for the fucking feeling of Judgment Day, now does it? It could. 
It has the potential to. But will it? Maybe. Uh, I don't see it doing a fucking thing. The fucking faction as it is really doesn't... Ha it doesn't feel the same. Well, because all the legitim legitimacy with the group was with Edge. Yeah. And then they took it out, and now we were just like, well, now it's three people in there that just Well, now got it's rid two people now. It's been fucking well, it's without... technically three people in a group that kicked out their only, like, legitimacy and their only, like, name value because they were tired of being told what to do. Which still doesn't make any fucking sense either. They fucking won at SummerSlam, and then all of a sudden it's like, you're the weak link. What? Still makes no sense. None. How the fuck is it we win the night before? We're, you're clearly the weak link. Clearly. We win the match, damn it. You're weak. Fuck out of here with your nonsense here. The fucking faction is doomed. Doomed to fail. That's it. Moving on. Raw Women's <coughs> title rematch. Bianca Belair defending against Carmella. Honestly, I thought this was really good. I did. It was, was alright. I thought it was really good. I honestly enjoyed this more than I enjoyed their Money in the Bank match. I did. At the beginning of the match, though, we got Becky Lynch pretty much stating that now she's pretty much number one contender. So, oh boy, we're running back Becky and Bianca again, right? Nope. I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Because not only are we running this back, but at the end of this match here, fucking Bianca Belair gets to look like a fucking moron. Not only does be both competitors look so stupid. Yes. We get this Bianca Belair, who at one point, Carmella and her are on the floor. Carmella gets rolled back in the ring after Bianca gets her back in the ring. Becky runs around from the, the commentary table to the other side to cause a distraction on Bianca. Well, what happened was, was that Bianca had a suplex on the outside. Carmella raked her eyes, so she's blinded. Car or Bianca then grabs Carmella, rolls her into the ring, gets up on the apron. No, remember? She freaking blinded her with the fucking eye rake, but somehow Bianca was still able to shove her into the ring post and then roll her back in the ring, which was like, yeah. you just got raked in the fucking eyes. How the hell did you fucking shove her in the ring post? And then she rolls her back in. She get Bianca gets up on the apron. Becky comes around, tries to grab her off, or... She does grab her off. Or yeah. Some, I don't remember exactly. She grabbed her foot. Bianca kicked her away. She jumps down, getting Becky away from the ring. No. And then the ref's at, like, seven at this point. Yeah. She literally, like, just confronts Becky for, like, a second. Turns to get back in the ring. And as soon as... And for some fucking god-awful reason, she literally just has to get back in the ring... It was just a second where she just confronted her to make Becky back away and then turned around to get back in the ring and for some reason just goes, well, maybe I should just still keep confronting Becky. You look like a fucking idiot, Bianca. Why? So she gets counted out. Listen, I get it. Okay, she's champion. Winning by count out to retain your title? 
Okay. Smart. But you look like a fucking idiot. You literally were about to beat Carmella anyway. Like, how fucking stupid do you look to go, well, I can clearly win this match, but apparently jaw-jacking Becky Lynch is more important. What? Stupid. Just go in there, beat Carmella, and then confront Becky. How fucking hard is that? I'm already not excited because you're having me run back Becky and Bianca already. This shows you how fucking bewhittled, like, this, how whittled down this fucking women's roster is. It's sad. So Carmella wins by fucking countout and then proceeds to celebrate with the championship like she just fucking won the title. <sighs> First off, here's my thing with this also. So, we legitimately had to have this countout fucking thing for Carmella to justify another rematch for Carmella. So we're more than likely getting a triple threat at SummerSlam. So we're running two feuds back for Bianca and turning it into a triple threat. Boo. Fucking boo. This blows. I hate this shit. I hate it. Like, if we were gonna get just Becky and Bianca at this point... Have it fucking rewrite history and just have Becky fucking lose in 26 seconds. Yeah, that... That would have made more fucking sense. Honestly, why not? If, if you're gonna make me fucking sit through this, just have Becky get lose in 26 seconds. Just have this match, one-on-one, -on -one, Becky loses in 26 seconds, and there we go from there. Like, this should have been the end of Carmella win the fucking title picture for now... Move on to Becky, and then just have Bianca beat her. Like that, in no time. You would have continued Becky's fucking downfall and all this other shit like that. But now we're getting a triple threat. Okay. Then what? Like, this women's division is so fucking weak, it's disappointing. And the problem is, is like, it's not even that it's weak. It's just that... It's so shallow with developed people. Because they have, like, they have Bianca, they have Becky, they have Asuka. Everyone else is just, like, they don't even try. I mean, Carmella feels, doesn't feel like she needs to be in this picture anyway because she wasn't on fucking TV to begin with. That's why I didn't involve her. That's what I'm saying. It's fucking stupid. Carmella was just thrown in this position. Alexa Bliss is just... A random appearance every now and again. Every week she is at this point. Fucking Tamina and Dana Brooke are fucking fighting over the the Slurpee title. <laughs> Catering's championship right uh, there. Dewdrop and Nikki are the resident jobbers. Which knock fucking... on wood. We didn't get any of that on Monday. Yeah. Hallelujah. Nikki and Dewdrop are the, the resident jobbers of the fucking Raw Women's Division, because mm -hmm. they're just, let's just throw two women together and put them against Nikki and Dewdrop and have them lose. You know what my problem is here, what I thought about here? I, right now, you have an opportunity to make as much freaking challengers for the singles championship, but there seems like they're starting to form tag teams again. Yeah. Here's, did, did you kind of see what the issue here is with the tag team titles, if they ever do come back? When you have tag team titles, 
it takes fucking singles participants out of the singles division and adds it to the tag team division. But then if you break up a team and take a tag team out, then you're whittling down the tag team division. That's what I'm saying. Everything right now should only be focused on building people up to challenge for the singles title. Fuck yeah. the goddamn thought of bringing the tag titles back. Take both sets of tag team titles and shove them so far up your ass you're crapping out gold fucking plates. Okay? I don't give a shit. But like I said, if you are going to bring back the tag team titles, the only fucking way it makes sense is if you go back to having multi-brand again. Have it float across all three. Fuck this bullshit of two sets of tag team titles for no reason. Like, make it easier at that point. Because then at that point, you can take the tag team titles, bring them down to NXT, have them fight, fucking fight goddamn tag teams down there, you know? You got some tag teams to fight down there. Have them go over SmackDown, you know? Like, it's... And that's the other I mean, thing. I'm still just, I, I still just don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about tag team titles. I would rather you build up fucking, con, like, contenders for the singles titles. And that's the other thing. We're talking about a uh, depleted women's roster. After after SummerSlam, there has to be call-ups. There has yeah. to be. I don't, I don't care how much of a fucking attraction they are in NXT, no pun intended... But Toxic Attraction needs to be on the main roster. Yes. They need to be, need to be on the main roster. Alba Fire needs to be on the main roster. You gotta f figure out what the fuck you're doing with Io Shirai. Get her on the main roster because th so many different fucking reports coming out nowadays with, about Io. Uh, Dave Belcher says she's one fo foot out the door. And then she says, oh, rumors, blah. And then two, two <laughs> days later, He's fucking Dave Belcher. <laughs> Two fucking days later, Dave Meltzer reports again that says that Io Shirai's main goal was to be on the main roster, so that's what her thing is, and it's just like, what the fuck? Just call people up. It needs to happen. We need fucking something here. Like, it's it's so... they the Every fucking thing. Men's roster... Men's singles division, men's tag team division, women's divisions, they're all fucking lacking right now. Yeah. Got nothing. Like, get the people that clearly, clearly are above 2.0 in development and get them on the main roster. Look at how many people in NXT Toxic right Attraction, now. Attraction, EO, Alba, Caden and Casey, uh, Cameron Grimes, uh, Duke Hudson... Solo, I know that's fucking on its way, his way up. Fucking, uh... Santos Escobar. Santos. Hell, bring the rest of fucking Legato Del Fantasma up. Something. Have him and Ray fucking get together and form the LWO again. Something. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm serious. Do something. You got fucking four guys that use, that wear masks. Turn it to something. Like... I went. I went on wrestling on the rocks, and they said, "Turn, watch, turn Ray into like the Godfather, and have Santos go up to him, but have it be like where you can't see Ray's face. He's sitting at a desk with the three of them standing in front of him, but you can't see his face. But his mask is sitting on the table. Just something. Make it interesting. Have Dom be a part of it. You know, maybe that'll fucking help him somehow." Just something. This fucking every roster, every bit of these rosters need something right now. P 
People need to start coming up. NXT can't just hold on to all these people. Yeah. The point was to go up to the main roster. Now it's like, apparently the point's just to stay in NXT. Like, so what is NXT at this point? Is it development? Is it developmental or is it just another brand? Make your fucking mind up here, people. We're on a different fucking plane in, in this episode. I'm serious. We're I don't just... care. That's fine. We're just fucking all over the place. And that's the point of our fucking episode. We go all over the damn place. Let's get the fuck back on track. But anyway, I'm just... I, I don't... I'm not really that excited to watch Bianca run it back with these two. Really not. And the other thing is, it's like... We know... We all know that Bailey is coming back sometime soon. Pretty we all much. know. Pretty much. But it's like no matter where you put her, she's in a she's in a weak freaking lacking women's division. Yeah, no matter where you put her, the other brand needs her more. Yeah, you could put her on SmackDown, but then you realize that SmackDown has Liv and the Droid and Rhonda and <laughs> Shayna and Sonya and Lacey and Raquel and so on and so forth. And then you could put her on Raw and then you realize that Raw has fucking uh, Bianca, Becky, Asuka, Alexa, so on and so forth. It's like no matter what, putting Bailey on one of those rosters just completely outweighs the scale. Here's my thing about it. This is why, again, for years, what did I say? Yep. End the brand split. End it. And at this point, merge them. I've said it. I've said it numerous times. At this point, keep the tag team titles merged together. You know what? Do it. I don't fucking care. Just get rid of one of each of the titles and have a red and a blue title. At this point. But and then merge the women's titles. Other than that, keep everything else. Keep the just get the fucking world titles apart at that point. But then merge the both rosters together and just fuck the brand split. I don't care if Fox doesn't like it. I don't care if USA doesn't like it. They can fucking bend over and fucking blow me for all I give a shit. Okay? Something needs to fucking. I'm serious. Fuck this shit. I know they want fucking shows and they want difference and diversity and all this other bullshit. Fucking blow me, okay? Something needs to be fucking done with these shows and it needs to happen soon. Because every fucking thing is lacking here. And again, I've defended the fucking brand split, I've hated the brand split, and I'll go right back to fucking hating the brand split again. Get rid of it. Merge the women's titles again. I fucking said this years ago. Merge the women's titles. Merge the tag team titles. At this point, keep the tag team titles merged together. But then at that point, merge the fucking rosters then. Merge them. Merge, fuck the brand split. Put it back as one big roster. And take whatever titles need to be merged together and do it. But break the world titles up first. But merge the, the women's title together. Merge the fucking tag team... Keep the tag team titles merged together, but merge the rosters. Just end it. Fucking screw it. It's not helping either fucking show. USA and fucking Fox need to open their eyes and realize, Hey, 
a brand split and try and keep it diverse isn't working. Maybe we need to do something. Maybe we should end the fucking brand split. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. No, we want diverse fucking... We want diverse shows. We want differences. Fucking blow me, guys. Fucking blow me. Anyway. Now we're back on fucking topic here. Champa with The Miz. I, I fucking hate this. I hate it. Really fucking hate it. This is stupid. This is a Champa is a shell of his of his former self. Whatever whatever happened to Psycho Killer right now is locked in a box, banging its head against the fucking goddamn box, trying to break out, going, This isn't him, this isn't me. Like, this is fucking pathetic. I hate this. To see Tommaso Champa covering up the Miz's ears from listening to Tiny Balls chants is pathetic. Hurts. It's pathetic. It hurts. So bad. He's a shell of himself right now. And it's fucking sad. It's it's literally just Damien Sandow type stuff. This, this Tommaso Ciampa would get slaughtered by the old Tommaso Ciampa right now. If, he, if that version saw what this one has become, it would slaughter him right now. This is fucking pathetic. This is awful. Tommaso Ciampa, a guy who, if you look, if he even looked the Miz's direction, would fucking grab him by the throat and tear out his fucking throat. Now he's like, don't worry, I'll cover your precious fucking Hollywood A-listing fucking ears from these goddamn tiny balls, Champ. Fuck you, guys. Fuck you. This bullshit. And it's like... Chompa just, like, doesn't even fit this scenario. Chompa just doesn't look like he gives a shit. And that's what fucking sad. You would think this, this, this scenario would fit Grayson Waller so well. Oh, easily. Being paired up with the Miz. Imagine a Miz Grayson Waller pair up. Those are those are two of the most fucking I mean, despicable piece people on the <laughs> goddamn in the entire company. If you ask me, there's only one part of that fucking pairing I give a shit about. The other one I can give two shits about. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't get how people like the Miz. I don't. Fucking cuts the same promo every goddamn time he fucking talks. Wrestles like a pussy. Like, the only reason why fucking people like The Miz is so they can whip their dicks out and jerk off to Maurice. Fuck off, okay? <laughs> Fuck off. The only reason why you like The Miz is because of Maurice. Fucking blow me. Like, Champa in this situation fucking hurts seeing AJ Styles locked in this shit hurts I fucking hate this the Miz fucking and Logan Paul's bullshit should just be those two keep Champa keep AJ the hell out of this but no we're gonna get to SummerSlam and get a fucking tag team match and I'm gonna hate every fucking second of it 
Because you know why? If Logan Paul wins, you know for fucking damn sure the Miz ain't eating the fucking pen. Tommaso Ciampa will be pinned by Logan fucking Paul. That will be the most despicable and disgusting fucking thing we will see in 2022. Is Logan Paul pinning Tommaso Ciampa? I hate this. We get a, what was supposed to be a handicap match, turn into a tag team match. Where AJ's teaming with Ezekiel. Congratulations, what the fuck are we doing with Ezekiel now? Absolutely nothing. Nothing! I, I think it, I think the reason why Ezekiel's like... In I, fucking, I, don't, I don't even want to call it a push, because it really wasn't a push... He's in a void of obscurity here. Right I now. think the reason why is because I'm pretty sure I heard that Kevin Owens is injured. The injury bug strikes I'm again. I'm pretty sure I heard that he's injured. But I, I fucking. It, it's crazy how just polar opposite it was. Ezekiel in, in this feud with Kevin Owens would like. He would beat Gable, and then he would beat Gable again, and then he would beat Gable a third time, and then <laughs> he'd he, notice. Would, he would beat Gable a fourth time, but that's, that's not the point. The point is, is that when he was feuding with Kevin, he was winning. And then as soon as he gets out of this feud with Kevin, he's losing. And I don't, I don't, I don't really get why... I don't. I don't. I don't understand why, all of a sudden, just because he's not feuding with Kevin Owens anymore, or for the time being, I should say, he's. They just don't book him to win. I. I don't. I don't. Like technically, he won by DQ in this match. Because Champo had to freaking snap for some reason. Because he's like, why am I locked in this shit? With the Miz, he's fucking punching himself at this point. But like before this, he he was the one to get pinned in the Fatal Four Way to determine the final entry in the Money in the Bank match. Mm -hmm. He lost to Seth yep. last week. I, I, I he's he's getting pinned so much. They don't know what to do with him. They were locked in with this fucking Kevin Owens thing, and now they don't have Kevin Owens, so now there's nothing for Ezekiel. Everything that they freaking pushed for with this whole, I'm Elias' brother, just went out the fucking window, because they have no idea what to do with Ezekiel at this point. Because what do you do with him? We haven't even seen the debut of Elrod. We're not going to get Elrod. And then we had Seth Rollins last week make up another brother, fucking Elmo. <laughs> God, can you imagine? How many brothers does Ezekiel and Elias have? Ezekiel, Elias, Elrod, Elmer, Elmo. Elmer? Esther. <laughs> Esther? Yeah. Fucking... Wouldn't that be his sister, then? No. It would be Ezekiel with a fucking... That'd be Elias with a dress and a fake fucking set of boobs. Emmanuel. Another Just... E name. <laughs> Eric. Eric. No, we already got an Eric. I doubt, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Styles and Ezekiel win by DQ. Hate this feud. Just really, really bad. Bliss and Asuka versus Piper Niven and Nikki Ash. It's a tag match. What else do you say about it? 
It's a match. It's Alexa Bliss and tag team partner versus Dewdrop and yeah. Nikki. It's nothing. It's literally nothing. I don't fucking care. It's a tag match. It was a tag match. That's all I can say. Uh, Usos versus... Er, Usos were supposed to have... Yeah, it was supposed to be Jim... It was supposed to be what happened last night on SmackDown. Jimmy Dawkins, versus Dawkins. Yeah. But then it... Uh, okay, here's the thing. I will say this. Okay, so we got this weird interaction, like, promo off between the two teams, which led to R-Truth coming out, pretty much saying that he wanted to be the referee. He even showed him his counting... That he, was, that he knows how to count him out, he knows how to count the pinfall. Okay, I thought this was hysterical. I want more of R-Truth fucking wrestling, please. So, we then end up getting... them The Usos pushing R-Truth enough to want to fight. So, okay, I thought we were going to get an Uso versus fucking R-Truth. God almighty, I thought we were safe... But we ended up not being safe, because literally, ten seconds later, fucking Ramos comes out. Fucking God! I literally threw my fucking hands. If anyone didn't understand what he just said, Omos came out. Ramos, you know, fucking. I guess Omos is a Pokemon now. Yeah, almost. All, like. all he can say is his name. He is. He is a Pokemon. He just does. He just says his own name. MVP does all the talking for him. So what the fuck's the point? Well, He's we, literally. We've heard Omos talk a couple times. Literally, MVP reaches in his fucking side pocket, grabs his Pokeball, sends out Omos, and says, "Go, Omos!" And Omos, here comes fucking. I choose you. Yeah. Omos, fucking. Omos, use the clothesline. <laughs> fucking. Omos, use big boot. Omos, use NyQuil. Put me to fucking sleep. Omos, use not falling down from a bump ever. <laughs> Omos, use fucking go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> you didn't even try. I didn't care, okay? <laughs> I fucking hate Omos. I can't stand him. Omos, Omos, whichever the fuck you want to pronounce it, I don't care. You didn't even fucking try. I don't care! I'm just... Oh, watch, you just go, go fuck, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off, okay? I don't care. I was, like, looking forward to R-Truth wrestling, and then you put Omos on my screen, and I could care less. And the thing is, is, like, before this, you're like, you know what? You know, we haven't seen... We haven't seen Omos or Fiend. I literally said, we haven't seen either one of them! I jinxed myself! And it was like five minutes later, we had this, and then you just hear the <sighs> in the beginning of Omos's theme song, and I could just see the face, your face, just go, oh. <laughs> I I jinxed myself. I hate it. I need you to learn to shut the fuck up. And then of course he gets the pit. Yeah, Dawkins takes the L. Why? You know the. One half of the tag team that has a tag team title match at SummerSlam. Right! You know, don't don't pin the guy who's been a joke for 14 of the last 17 years. Right! Fuck off, Omos, okay? Just, I, I hated this tag match. Omos ruins everything. Make that a hashtag. Omos ruins everything. Because he does. Nothing gets better when Omos shows up. 
This was like a great way to just be like, I got a fucking laugh out of it. And then all of a sudden you fucking just make me lose all my fucking happiness because here comes the goddamn fucking almost. And yes, I called him the almost because it the is almost. the almost. We got Rollins pretty much talking about the tag match that we went from having an open challenge from Bobby Lashley and Riddle vs. Theory to a tag team match of Riddle and Lashley versus Rollins and Theory. I don't know why we changed that, but okay, whatever floats your fucking boat here. So we get to the main event. Great fucking tag team match. Mm -hmm. Great tag team match. But now we hit the fucking stride of what the hell is going on here. We are just about to go to the final commercial. Out comes Dolph Ziggler. Hi, Dolph. Nice seeing you after six months. The no, fuck have no, you no. been? Nice seeing you after a couple weeks when you randomly came out with your tag team partner. I don't know if you remember his name, but uh, Robert Rude. I don't... When you came out and you, you interrupted Omos and MVP, and then you were like, Oh, yeah, Dirty Dogs are back. Woo, yeah, Dirty Dogs. And then you kicked MVP, and then you ran away, and then we haven't seen you since? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that Dolph Ziggler, you, you know. know. Where, where the hell, Robert, can you tell us where Bob went? Please. <laughs> Please, tell me where Big Bob has gone. Where the fuck is Robert Roode? So, Theory gets the advantage and tries to fucking cheat to win. He puts his feet on the rope. We then get Ziggler pushing his feet off the rope. Riddle hits a BRO. Lashley and Riddle win because, you know, money in the bank freaking owner has to lose constant over and over again. Ziggler slides in, hits a super kick on Theory, and the show goes off the air with Ziggler just staring at fucking Theory laid out. Well, okay... What is this doing now? Is this going to be another one of those It should have been me moments? Again, this is one of those situations where immediately I go, Are you turning Ziggler babyface? Because you hate Theory this much? Or is this just a way for them to freaking like Theory more? Not. The more you... It just doesn't make any sense. Like... The whole fucking situation didn't make any goddamn sense. The fucking hell is this shit? If they were trying to make baby, or if they were trying to make theory into a baby face, they wouldn't repeatedly put him into situations where he's clearly the heel. They wouldn't team him with Seth. They wouldn't have him interrupt Brock Lesnar. They wouldn't put him against Madcap Moss. Well, a no. lot of people don't like Brock, so. Everyone loved Brock nowadays. Yeah, but still, seeing this again, the hardcore fans don't like Brock. So you're putting theory out there to try to fucking, you know, get something else out there, but it's like, yeah, but nobody's gonna root for theory. Out of the that's building. what I'm saying, nobody's gonna root for theory. Nope, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not trying to get theory over. It's This is 100% of Dolph Ziggler face turn. 
which uh, I was, I thought that was what it was six weeks ago when him and, you know, <laughs> Robert Roode randomly showed up. But I. Does this mean Robert Roode's going single? Does this mean the end He's of, going back down to NXT probably. Is with, this the end of the Dirty Dogs? With Apollo Crews. That's just shit now, because that's another tag team, you know. But let's break up the Street Profits. Let's break up the Mysterios. Dirty Dogs are now fucking broken up. Let's break up this tag team because Montez Ford should be a singles guy. Like, again, fucking blow me. Like, I just, I don't fucking care. It's just weird. I don't understand this fucking part here. It's, it's just so, so random. It is. And I love Dolph Ziggler. I do. And do I think him in theory is going to be a fucking outstanding match? Absolutely. It's Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is fantastic. But Austin it, Theory it, is it just fantastic. Makes no logical it just sense. doesn't fucking make Why, a goddamn out of sense. nowhere. They're just like, you know what would fucking spice things up? A Dolph Ziggler face turn. And then everyone in the room was just like, I'm not opposed. Is it, is it just so Theory gets a big win because he beats Dolph Ziggler? Probably. That's... It's probably because, oh, we're, we're fucking Theory got to beat an established guy. It's just so... It's just so stupid. It's just dumb. Like, we get it, okay? WWE likes Theory. Come on. We don't have to start with the whole, we like Theory so much we got to have him beat Dolph Ziggler, beat this guy here, beat this guy here, like, I understand, okay, I love, again, I love Dolph Ziggler, it's just, I, I don't know what this is, I don't know what we're doing with this, I don't get it, hopefully we get some explanation Monday night for something here, because... I don't know what the hell we're doing with this shit. Fucking Dolph Ziggler over here, just the fucking, the king of random. They're just like, oh, you know. He does best. Just put him in this random WWE title match, send him down to NXT for a little bit for no for some random reason, and give him the NXT title for no ran for some random reason, and then and you just call him up, and then uh, let's turn him face for no reason at all. Okay, so we're moving on to NXT here. Oh, boy. This is going to be the fucking one. <sighs> Strap your... If you thought the first... Whatever... However long we've been recording so far... We are a little over an hour in, and we're just now getting to NXT, which means this might take up a lot, because this is going to be a rant. Yeah, strap yourselves in, because this... This, I, will, this will be a rant. So the show... This is... Off the cusp of last week's Great American Bash. Roxanne Perez is laid out in the parking lot. Okay. Cora Jade ran up. Bunch of officials ran up checking on her. So, it was questionable on what the fuck was going to happen with her cashing in her contract on Mandy Rose tonight. Okay. So, we were just hoping to see if we got any answers for this all night. Show kicked off with Giovanni Vinci versus Apollo Crews. Giovanni Vinci got the win. Thanks to help from Zion Quinn. Did Giovanni really need help from Zion Quinn? No. I think Giovanni's that good of a wrestler. He doesn't need help from any fucking buddy. And I enjoyed the hell out of this match. It was great. 
really was. Yeah. Just weird what the fuck we're doing with Apollo Crews. I don't know what the hell we're doing with Apollo Crews here. It, 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 it's still so random that he was given the okay to be brought back down. But what are it, they do? The thing is, what are they doing with him? Not a fucking thing. You teased him wanting to face Braun Breaker. You like... You teased him wanting to fight Braun Breaker. Then you put him involved in the North American title. And then you had him murder people for three weeks. And then you had him fucking do this match with Giovanni. Which is just like, okay. Now apparently, with thanks to help from Zion Quinn, we're getting Apollo Crews versus Zion Quinn in the future. And Giovanni eventually gets to go on to whatever at this point. So, okay. I don't know what it is about Zion Quinn. I'm not feeling Zion as much anymore. I'm really not. Because he's just, like, not there. We don't see enough of Zion Quinn anymore. The problem with Zion Quinn as a heel is that when he was a babyface, you don't need an explanation for anything. Pretty much. He just says things, and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. But as a heel... And he says, run it straight. You're like, okay, so what What the fuck does that mean? Can we mm -hmm. can we please give some sort of explanation? Exactly. Can we even give an explanation as to why he's a heel in the first place? The last time we saw him, he was a babyface. Yep. And now all of a sudden he comes back and he starts talking shit to Wes. Yep. Pretty much. It's just... I, we don't, it's literally putting two guys that you're not doing a fucking thing with together and then doing whatever with Giovanni at this point. Just giving him more wins till you do whatever the hell you got planned for him. Okay. But again, match was great. Because it's Apollo Crews, it's Giovanni Vinci, they're both great. So, great match. We got Mackenzie Mitchell who was interviewing people all night and asking, like, do they have anything to do with Cora Jade? Did they have, or did they have anything to do with Roxanne? Did they have anything to do with Roxanne? Like, I'm just like, okay, why are we asking other people this? Because, first off, nobody else was in the parking lot. And then the, the thing about that is, is, like, even if it was someone else, like, let's just say... We're not going to say who it was until we talk about it. But mm -hmm. if it was someone other than that person, like say if it was Nikita that attacked Roxanne, if Mackenzie Mitchell went up to Nikita was like, do you know anything about the attack on Roxanne? You think Nikita's going to be like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> no! Right? A, a murderer doesn't go, yeah, you know, I just... I did it. I, I yeah. killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. So they'll definitely just fucking come out and just blurt it out. Like... That's not how things work. Yeah, no. So, it was just... It, it was a... Th it, all night, it was just her asking the same thing over and over. Are you responsible for this? Are you responsible for this? And I'm like, Do you have just, any idea who could be responsible? I was literally just like, stop having her ask the fucking question at this point. And it was just like... After the first two people, I was like, when she first asked it, I'm like, okay. 
I understand why you're asking it. I get it. The second time, okay, same fucking thing. But as soon as she kept asking it all night to whoever at that point, she was asking men, did they have anything to do with this? And I'm like, well, it, it was, what? It was like anyone that had any sort of, like, woman involved with anything. Like, she asked... She asked Cora. She asked Toxic Attraction. She asked Nikita. She asked fucking Tony because Electra Lopez was six steps to his left. <laughs> it's just like Electra Lopez was gonna be attacking Roxanne. Yeah. At that point, I was just just and stop her, asking. And the then question. her fucking excuse was, "Well, Legato is known for attacking people in the parking lot." Well, aren't you fucking smart, Mackenzie? You want a fucking cookie? It's just... Now, can you please stop asking the fucking right? question? After the first few times, I was just over her asking it. It was just ridiculous. You weren't going to get a fucking direct answer from anybody. Like, right off the bat. So, we had Tiffany Stratton, who was the, doing her thing. thing about, before we continue, just, just a small little smidgen. This is a question. You don't even have to, add, to answer this. This is a rhetorical question. Does the fucking Performance Center not have any cameras? Um... Don't really know, tell you. I with as much as stuff has happened in the fucking parking lot. Wouldn't it be nice if you just I don't know, fucking installed some surveillance cameras? They didn't have the cameras when Jeff Hardy did the whole thing with Elias and Sheamus. That's I, not a thing. Like, I, they didn't have cameras I, for that. Rhetorical so. question. Just yeah, it'd be kind of nice. I mean, they had fucking outside cameras for the arena when Shawn Michaels got his head thrown through the window by Triple H. They were able to digitally enhance the blurry fucking camera somehow. Like, the fuck is that shit? Oh, it's Triple H. Ooh. Like, Just, it, was, it, was un, it wasn't obvious that it was Triple H to begin with. I like, couldn't tell from the fucking blur anyway. I was wearing the goddamn shirt. We had Tiffany Stratton... Talking more about Wendy Chu. I'm guessing that's going to fucking continue. Yeah. Don't know why. Cameron Grimes made his way out to the ring and talked about how it was everything to him that he needed to win the NXT title again. Like he, he, you know, he lost the North American title. He lost the chance to win the NXT title. He just he feels like he doesn't know what the hell's going on with his career. He gets confronted by J.D. McDonough, who laid out Braun Breaker last week. In the end, the whole thing, we got a little brawl, and then we got the announcement of J.D. McDonough versus Cameron Grimes. I don't know what the fuck we're doing with Cameron Grimes anymore. Not a fucking clue. Uh, more than likely, again, he's on that list of should be going up. He should be. Plain and simple. Like, NXT does not need him anymore. It's time to do something with Cameron Grimes, and sadly, main <laughs> roster is it, but I have zero fucking belief that anything <laughs> is going to come out of Cameron Grimes on the main roster. But we're getting J.D. McDonough and Cameron Grimes next week. Match should be fantastic. Can't wait mm -hmm. to see that shit. So, Damon Kemp backstage with with the Creed's watching footage of their tag team title match last week, and he pretty much said that he would like to run it back against them, which I was like, okay, fine. It wasn't crazy for the match last week, but if they want to run it back, fine. 
Roddy, of course, comes in and, of course, puts the blame on Damon Kemp because Roddy is just at this fucking point where he's just blaming everybody but himself for the fucking failures of Diamond Mine. I just... We've said enough about what we think with what's going on with Roddy. Roddy is at this point where he's just lost to, in limbo. To me, he's literally unsufferable. When he's on TV, I literally get a headache. I, I, I don't want to see any more of Roderick Strong. He's just... It doesn't make fucking an ounce of sense as to why he's so a little whiny bitch right now. I don't get it. He's just being a whiny bitch. He's, he's literally only being so whiny because... He's like, oh, well, I should be the leader, and I don't know why Julius and Brutus and even Ivy are getting... Uh, Nobody's are, listening to me. <laughs> I don't know why the fans like them more than me. <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe because they have some fucking pep in their step. Maybe, maybe they, they have, have some, some fucking, fucking charisma. <laughs> you fucking sack of nothing. Like, again, Roddy is, is fucking great. When it comes to wrestling, but my God, he's great when he when he has to wrestle. When he he has no mic skills, he has no charisma, he has no enthusiasm, he's no <laughs> character. He's got the personality of a fucking potato. He's literally a fucking jack in the box. <laughs> it just winds it up and pops up. And it's a, like he's wow. a one trick pony. Wow, damn. Jack in the boxes are only used to wind up and fucking bounce out of the box. So after that whole situation, we got Caden Carter, Tatum Paxley, after a fucking little argument backstage between Caden and Katana and Tatum Speaking Paxley. Speaking about whiny bitches. Caden Carter. What the... Caden and Katana, what are they complaining about? Because they lost clean? Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure here, because like... I mean, you have no reason to be complaining. Here's you have my thing. reason to be upset, but you have no reason to be fucking attacking other people because you lost clean against Toxic Attraction and then lost clean against Roxanne and Cora. Mm -hmm. like, there, I mean, there, there seems to be a connection that's missing here. I mean, after what happened and the main event, I can understand the fucking pissed <clears throat> off like stuff with them, but other than that, like. Why? They're literally like Caden and Katana are literally just whining <laughs> for no reason at this point. They're just whining. Yeah. And it, uh, we got Tatum Tatum Paxley getting the win. It wasn't awful. I just uh, it's just weird that this feud ended up this this match had to happen because of a little fucking spat backstage that just was like you have to have a match. Just gotta have it. Like, Ivy made her way down. I love how now all of a sudden Tatum and fucking Ivy are back together kind of thing again. Like, I don't get why they're back together. They, like, Ivy was just like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with her. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, she needs somebody to help her with these two. So I'll just be the one to do it. All right, whatever floats your boat there, Ivy. Well, I think the whole thing, the whole story with Ivy and Tatum was that it wasn't that Ivy didn't want to have anything to do with her. It was that she didn't want to have anything to do with her because she felt that Tatum wasn't, like, mentally strong enough. And then she sees how 
Tatum is always like, oh, well, if like with Lash a couple weeks ago, how she's like, oh, well, if you don't want to fight Alba Fire, I'll fight Alba Fire. Mm -hmm. And then this week, how she's standing up to people bitching for no fucking reason. I mean, I, I like... I love I love Caden Katana. I love freaking I I really like Tatum Paxley. Big fan of Ivy Nile. It's just weird that again this match had to happen because of this fucking just Katana Caden stuff just pissed at the world right now because I just want to just be mad at everything. Like it's just a thing. It wasn't again, it wasn't a bad match. It just wasn't like blow your mind outstanding kind of thing. Yeah. It was it was fine for what it was. Joe Gacy with the dyad who no, announces no, 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 wait, no. no wait 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 wait. So he announced them as the dyad, but apparently him and the dyad together have a faction name Schism. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't leave it alone. You were so like their fucking name is Schism. <laughs> who? I just need to know who. I need to know who within NXT's creative sat down and was like, you know what? Schism. And then Shawn Michaels is like, what? And they're like, Schism, you know? Just Schism. <laughs> And they're, Shawn Michaels is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but like, I, I, I like the name, just, just tell me what you're talking about. And they're like, schism. <laughs> and then Shawn Michaels is just like, alright, I'll just fucking... Write that down. Just gonna slam it down onto something. I'll stamp that down and say it's schism. It's, like it's, it's, it's schism. <laughs> it sounds like a twitch. Oh, sorry, I have a schism. <laughs> they... It sounds like Tourette's. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's... You know, it's one of my schisms. <laughs> what the fuck? God. So... Schism. Joe Gacy says that the Dyad are comfortable with revealing who they are next week. I think we've all come to speculation and are pretty much going to be right as to who the hell they are. Yeah, it's it's, it's GYV. So, we're going to see GYV back next week. Just That's a schism. Apparently, you want to hear another thing? They also apparently have new names now. They're not James Drake and Zach Gibson anymore. They're not even just Gibson and Drake anymore. Yes. I will try to find the names before the end of this. Anyway, Sangha and Duke Hudson. It can't be any worse than Schism. Oh, I think you'll be like, they're, they're actually not bad names. I will say that. If, as long as it's not Schisma and Schismo, they have, then I'm fine. But anyway, we had Duke Hudson and Sangha, which Sangha like was with... Skizzy. Sangha was with Yulisa and Valentina talking about how, like, he, they were watching the video of the intro for Great American Bash where Sangha did the cannonball and landed on Duke Hudson. Apparently, that's enough to to start a feud is just cannonballing on somebody. Which, I was like, okay. 
but you do you. They... We got this match, and I didn't really hate it. Like, I'm kind of growing on Duke Hudson a little bit, and even Sangha. Like, Sangha's not the worst. Yeah, he's he's really not. Like, if I had to pick between him and Omos, you can clearly give me Sangha any day. That man's a ladies' man right now. That mustache is working. <laughs> that mustache works. So anyway, their names now... James Drake is Jagger Reed. Not awful. It's not the worst. And Zach Gibson is Rip Fowler. That's their uh, new names. Yep. I... Uh... <laughs> That's their new names. Jagger Reed. Mm -hmm. And... And Rip, Rip Fowler. Fowler. Yep. I... Uh... Listen, I don't really hate them. I don't hate the names. I still want to know how WWE comes up with these names. I'm trying to figure out where they found out with Schism. <laughs> My I question just, is... I was just waiting for their names to be like Skizzy and Skizmo and Skizzo and... <laughs> You're just stuck on Schism. That's just it. Where? Where? Where did they find that? Where? <laughs> what is a Schism? Oh, God. Where did they find the word schism? <laughs> Please. I need to know. Well, apparently it's a song by Tool. Which, okay. Schism is a split... A split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by differences in opinion or belief. That makes actual sense, actually, because they have all different opinions compared to everybody else, so their schism, I guess it makes sense. But it's still a stupid word. <laughs> it does feel like a made-up word. You can't just name a team after a word and be like, there you go, schism. <laughs> anyway Duke Hudson and Sangha both are growing on me it wasn't that bad of a match Sangha won with a choke slam. Sangha's continuing his winning ways maybe like again I'm just not used to Sangha still in the trunks I was used to him with the Braun Strowman pants but apparently Strowman is probably just pissed because he's like hey those are my pants give me them back like I'm surprised that Sangha's been winning. I know. I don't know what the fuck we're doing with Sangha, either. They, like, turned him babyface, and now it's just like... Sangha! <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. We then got... Tarzan, Mr. Stone, and Jane... Pretty much cutting a promo about beating up Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa pretty much talked about how he was going to beat up Von Wagner... We got the match. It ends in a double countout. Uh, just, we're still probably going to get more of this, in a nutshell. Oh boy. How the fuck did you go from solo in North American title contention to 
absolutely fucking nothing to here face fucking Tarzan. Like, why? Like, they they brawled out, uh, out on the floor, caused the double count out, and they just kept brawling. At one point, there was a, a segment where they, they busted in the middle of the segment and just kept fighting, and it then went to another one later on in the show where they were fighting out in the parking lot, and they were literally fighting next to a dumpster, and the first thing I said was, Solo, quick, look. There's Von Wagner's home. Throw him in it. <laughs> Send him back home. It's right there. Like, which nope. didn't exactly happen. But nope. The dumpster did get involved. Yep. They they brawled it out and then Solo threw Mr. Stone, Robert Stone, whichever the fuck you want to call him, threw him threw him in the dumpster. Which at least the dumpster got some play. At least one of those guys went home where they belong. You know. So. We got Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes' little video. Like, it was nothing that special. Nothing really. It was just Carmelo and Trick celebrating their wins yeah, with no. a bunch of women. It's really nothing, like, that fucking exciting. Lash Legend was backstage bouncing a basketball where she was like, all she did was dribble it between her legs and everyone was just, and it's just like, look what I can do. And I'm just like, wow. She's like, I'm going to do this to you. And I'm like, you're going to dribble her between your legs? Just, she she rolled the basketball, the camera file, followed it off screen, and Alba Fire's baseball bat showed up to stop the ball rolling. We got Lash Legend and Indy Hartwell after this. Where, but before that we had Chase U, they're in the UK, so probably going to see a lot of them now on NXT UK a little bit, which, fine by me, love Chase U. It's very, very enjoyable. I think, I think Chase U has gotten over with a lot of people. Like, I've heard so many people say they love Chase U now, and I don't get how you can it's that fucking enjoyable. It's yeah. just it's just a great segment of enjoyment because it's that good. Just watching Andre Chase curse people out over and over again. Thea's excitement with Bodie Hayward, like it's just it's it's that good. It's that good of it's that good of a segment every week. But then we got Lash Legend, Indy Hartwell. Not really that good, honestly. Indy slipped winning the match because Alba Fire showed up on the podium, pointed her bat at Lash Legend. Indy took advantage, took her down, went for the springboard, and she slipped and had to improvise to win. It was just... For a match that wasn't that good and having that botch happen, it was just like, and that's the fucking icing on that cake. It was just... Boy, oh boy, just wrap it up at that point. Yeah. We got Amari Miller, Ariana Grace. This was the one where the rest where Solo and them kept fighting. We got Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus Idris and Malik. It's an it's a pretty good tag match. Yeah. I like 
Idris and Malik. I really do still. We have Tony and and Stax, like they're still continuing the family thing even without Santos right now. Mm-hmm. At this point, they're just waiting until Santos comes back to continue this. So pretty much not really much to say about it, if you think about it. There's really nothing that big to say about it right now until we get more of this feud. This was the interviewing of with Nikita where all night when they talked about who attacked Roxanne, if Nikita was the one responsible for it, to me it would have made sense. If they'd have done it with that, just having her go, she took the contract that I was supposed to win... Like, that would have made so much sense. But it was like... But she's still just a baby face talking about how she's gonna... She wants to get in contention for the title again. She wants to face Mandy. She's probably gonna beat Mandy. We've pretty much talked about it on our show. At this point, it was either gonna be Roxanne... Like, later on in the night... Or it's gonna be Nikita. I mean... When we get to the main event, which is right now, we got Toxic Attraction making their way out there, and then we got, they were cutting a promo talking about Roxanne being laid out. Now, immediately all night, they kept pretty much backing up that they had nothing to do with it. But everybody was pointing the fingers at Toxic Attraction, that it was probably them more than likely. But they kept defending themselves, saying it wasn't us that did it. So, Cora earlier in the night had said that she was going to go handle Toxic Attraction just to get some freaking answers out of the both of them. So, Mandy's cutting the promo talking about... She literally said the same thing, like, six times. (laughs) That nobody can beat her, this, this, and that, and she's been champion for this long, and she literally just kept repeating it over and over again. It felt like she would, like, get to the point and then restart the promo and then get to the point again and restart the promo. And I was just like, Mandy, are you just lost? She just kept saying it over and over again. Finally, Cora came out, inter- like, interfered and like from her talking and pretty much said, if Roxanne can't go, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to face you because... These guys were promised a championship match, and damn it, I'm going to give them a championship match. I was like, okay, fine. Roxanne finally gets up and hobbles out there, ribs taped up and everything. She gets in the ring, and we have the match. Now, it's not a bad match. It's actually good. Yeah. It's not a bad match at all. We get to the part where everything just goes to shit. Roxanne and Mandy are on the floor. Roxanne hits Pop Rocks on the floor. Rolls Mandy back in the ring. And immediately, Cora Jade runs over and is talking to Roxanne, saying, you got to get her back in the ring. Get her back in the ring. Come on, you got this. You're about to win the women's title. So she rolls Mandy back in. And she's still selling her in. She's still got her injury, so she's grabbing her ribs, and she starts climbing up on the ring apron, and as soon as she gets one knee on the ring apron, here's where you can just see all shit start to go downhill. As she gets up on the ring apron, 
you see Cora Jade take the title off of her waist, straps it together, and clocks Roxanne in the ribs with the title. Mandy hits the knee. Mandy retains, and Cora Jade is the one revealed to have attacked Roxanne in the parking lot. One week. One week after winning the tag team titles. Cora Jade has been at this for I don't even know how long, wanting to stick it to Toxic Attraction, and it hasn't been able to do it. But teaming up with her best friend, and she finally gets to stick it to Toxic Attraction by having them win the tag team titles. A week later, she's turning on her tag team champion partner and costing her the women's title. Do, do, do you feel the disgust on how fucking stupid and how fucking ridiculous this is? Why is it Cora Jade? And of all times, right now. A week after they just won the tag team titles. How much fucking sense does this make? It, it doesn't... It doesn't make any. It, I understand, okay? The fucking story is Cora is jealous of Roxanne's success. Okay, but how much fucking sense does it make when they just won the titles last week? Now she's jealous? Wouldn't it have made more sense if fucking Roxanne had won both title, had won this title? And then it had gone on a little bit of a run, and then this happened? It would make more sense if they didn't win the tag team titles. Like, how much sense does this, like, this just makes everything to this point fucking ridiculously pointless. Why in the world did they have the tag team title? Why in the hell did they have the match against Caden and Katana? Why the fuck did they win? Why the fuck did they win the tag team titles? What was the fucking point? All of this makes no sense! I have been building the rage on this fucking story since Tuesday night. This thing pissed me the fuck off. I literally, I legitimately wanted to walk out of the room. As soon as she clocked Roxanne, I wanted to leave the room because how fucking little sense this makes. This is... The more I thought about it, right? The more I thought about it, the more I realized that this is quite possibly the most brain-dead thing NXT has ever done. It doesn't make a lick of sense in the slightest. If the entire thing from the start was to build towards a Cora Jade heel turn, It, it, it's I get, I get that. I get that Nikita's injury probably had something to do with it. I'm sure it had something. It it had to cause some sort of fast track. Mm -hmm. But the amount of fast track that they did is absurd. There's no way that the timeline should go. 
Roxanne wins the breakout tournament. She doesn't use her contract, but still somehow gets a tag team title match, or wants a tag team title match, I should say, with her best friend Cora. Her and Cora beat Kaden. And Katana. And Katana. They then win the tag team titles, and then a week later, Cora turns on Roxanne. It doesn't make any sense. They literally could have just saved... It doesn't make any sense for Cora to even be upset. Yep. You are upset because you were in a... That Roxanne won a tournament that you were not involved in. Yep. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Like, there's no amount of story at this point. Even if you use the excuse of... Roxanne of Cora being jealous of Roxanne. It doesn't make fucking sense at this point. It doesn't. It doesn't. If you do, you literally the, to save this fucking thing right now, the only fucking thing that would have made any fucking ounce of sense is Roxanne winning the title that night. She should have won that title and should have had both titles. And then that would have fucking built up over time. Cora Jade going, Jesus Christ, she's got two titles, and I'm sitting here just being the side piece. Feeling like the side piece. This is when you build the jealousy. You build it over time, and eventually at the point when they both lose, when fucking it comes down to it, you end up having this be a women's title feud. Because it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any fucking logical sense for Cora Jade to be mad that she is a champion. Right? Cora Jade... Honestly, Roxanne didn't even have to get them a tag team title match. No. But she did because she wanted to win a title with her best friend. Yep. Like I said, literally. Cora Jade had the opportunity to not even be a champion right now. I literally said it just before. Cora Jade has been at this for months trying to fucking beat Toxic Attraction. And she finally fucking did it with Roxanne. But now she's jealous because we beat Toxic Attraction. I'm so jealous of you. We beat Toxic Attraction, but you have a women's title match. Yeah, guess what, Cora? You've had five. That uh, You've had a singles match? You had five that you failed. Right? You failed all of them. Exactly. Exactly. And to fucking top off the bullshit? Literally. Roxanne is laid as fucking stunned. To the point where yeah. she's at tears. The fucking icing on top of the fucking shit yeah. covered If this tape. whole fucking thing wasn't shit enough from here, everything from here gets shit. Because she immediately goes to hit Roxanne with the skateboard, and it breaks before she even makes contact. She breaks... The, the fucking skateboard breaks from the sheer fucking friction of the air. From her lifting the skateboard up. Now here, I'll give her... It snaps in half. Listen, I give her... I give her props for for recovering from it. I'll, I'll say that. I give her props for recovering off of it by just picking up the part and beating her with it. Like, I give her I give her props for being able to, on the fly, come up with something that made it look like it was worth it, okay? But how fucking... If, if that right there doesn't tell you how shit this fucking thing is right there, that is literally telling... That is karma telling you how bullshit this is. How fucking fitting is it for quite possibly the stupidest thing that NXT has ever booked? Literally seconds later, Karma's like, yeah, but how about this? 
Evan snaps the fucking skateboard in half just by sheer fucking friction. Science turned heel on NXT. It's just right here. I've said it week after week. As much as I love, as much as I like NXT 2.0, I will always be a black and gold guy. From forever, like from here on out. Ever, like from here on out, even when they announced 2.0, again, I, I like to, I like 2.0. I do. Because there's all these new people we're getting to see and all this other stuff like that with it. But you cannot tell me that this fucking show does not just feel main roster anymore. Yeah. It really does. NXT has gotten to the fucking point where it feels like the main roster. It's making no fucking sense anymore. It's it's reaching the levels on where it makes no fucking sense. They literally just fucking do things to do things. Yes! And the fucking main issue right there is because of who runs the fucking show. Fucking Bruce Pritchard runs this fucking show. And if he if you don't fucking know, that man is a fucking corporate get on his knees and blow Vince McMahon. Fucking corporate fucking cocksucker. Fuck Bruce Pritchard. They need to fucking hurry the fuck up and get Vince out of power, and then Stephanie needs to go on a fucking firing spree of everyone who's associated with her fucking father. Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Dunn, fucking... Just... John Laurinaitis, get all of them. Every one of them that has fucking sucked up and kissed her fucking dad's ass needs to go. Get her and Triple H in that fucking goddamn company and get a fucking team down there to get this goddamn show making sense. To get this fucking entire company making fucking sense anymore. This fucking shit fucking sucks. It pissed me off so much Tuesday night. I had a fu I felt like I had a migraine I was so pissed like, off. Just imagine... Imagine this scenario. Like, let's go back to Kofi Mania, right? Let's go back. And let's say same night, same night, Biggie and Woods won the tag team titles at WrestleMania, right? Mm -hmm. And Kofi wins the WWE title. And then Kofi, er, and then fucking Biggie and Woods turn on Kofi. Why? The entire team are champions. Mm -hmm. What's there to be mad at? Mm-hmm. You have no reason to be mad. Sure, one of you has a more important title. But it, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Cora Jade turned on fucking Roxanne for getting her a tag team title. Yep. <laughs> for them literally get to getting to stick it to Toxic Attraction, Cora Jade is jealous. Just, just saying those words fucking hurts my brain it, on it, how much it makes no sense. It is sense. so illogical. And it's so brain dead. Like I said, it, karma got it. Karma fucking showed you how big this, how shit this is. It Just by this, having that fucking, fucking break. Literally, it, it's like a fucking android book this. Oh god, this does sound like an AI book fucking thing. 
it sounds like something like WWE 2K Universe mode would book up. Yep. This was just... It, it was so garbage. And it was such a bullshit turn that just makes... It's just illogical to the fucking T. It's that illogical. I, I literally threw my hands up in disgust. Because I don't... I, I just... I could not understand how this fucking show went from a brand that would pretty much rival the main roster labeled the best show of the week every fucking week would top fucking main roster pay-per-views with takeover events would beat the main roster pay-per-views to this to literally becoming one of the most illogically booked fucking shows every fucking week. I don't get it. And then the the whole thing is it's like shit, I lost my thought. <laughs> That's how much this fucking thing has this is what it's done. How do you what do you even say to this anymore? Fuck, I lost my thought. <sighs> Fuck. I just I, I Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Holy shit. Yeah. I was going to lose it. Uh, it would be... It, like, it would still be stupid, right? No matter what, this entire thing is stupid. But at least it would have wouldn't have been so obvious if Cora Jade could portray, portray better. Like, if she had better acting ability. Like I said, it gave it away that it was Cora... I literally said it because I was like, at the beginning of the show, when we find Roxanne laid out in the parking lot, I was just like, what the fuck? Well, this clearly has this, again, I was in that same boat. This is clearly toxic attraction. But after, I literally told you later on in the show that nobody else fucking was out, uh, like, why, I literally said, why do we keep asking everybody? Because nobody else was out in the parking lot other than fucking... Cora Jade. I said, and now I just fucking just want to kick myself in the fucking teeth because all I smell is bullshit afoot. And literally, it was just bullshit afoot. Even after that, right? When Mackenzie Mitchell is interviewing her, Cora Jade is like talking at like 90 miles an hour. That's like surefire fucking way to realize like, hey, maybe the, maybe this person has like Maybe this person is has something going on. Like maybe maybe they're hiding something cuz not not there's not a single person on the history of planet Earth that talks like this and it, it just you could barely understand what Cora was saying. And then when before this match when she came out and she was doing her promo and she's like, "Oh, well, if Roxanne can't wrestle, I guess I'll wrestle." And then Roxanne's music hits and you could just see the pure disgust in Cora's face. It was just like, okay, just just give it away. And then when she's taking the title off, at least be a little fucking discreet about it. So I'm saying, she's the just, camera. She's just like, the camera, fuck Hold it together, look at it, and then slam her in the back of the head. That's what I'm saying. The camera should not have been on her the entire time. The camera should have cut to some different angle where they couldn't see Cora. If you wanted it. But even then, it still don't make fucking sense. It doesn't. 
You just gave all the signs away that it was her. And it's just, again, I understand, okay? Yes. Is Roxanne and Cora fucking way too overpushed at this point? Has Roxanne been fucking pushed way too quick? Absolutely. But, like, it, it, again, it got to the point where Toxic Attraction needed to lose those titles. They cannot hold on to those titles any longer without everybody just going, okay, now it's getting really stale, like... The problem is, is that it had to be one or the other. And then they had, they, they chose for some... The, the way it, it, it had to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And the way it should have been is Roxanne winning the women's title. Yeah. Plain and simple. At this, at this point... It would have made more sense to have Roxanne win the fucking title Tuesday night and then build the fucking jealousy. It should have been Roxanne winning the, the women's title without the tag team titles even being involved. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as they involved the tag team titles, it just became so much more complicated. Yeah, but like I said, at that point, if you were going to go with them both having having Roxanne be a double champion, the way that could have saved this was fucking, again, build the jealousy. If you were going to go with it off the freaking fact that it was just going to be Roxanne versus fucking Mandy and just having Roxanne win the title but Cora get nothing in it, again, that even could have built the jealousy. Exactly. That's the just way something. it should have been. There was, it's just you could have built the jealousy more, but you fucking blew it. You blew it already because you blew you fucking blew your load in fucking a week. The problem with Roxanne having both titles is that it makes no sense... For Cora to be jealous because she's a champion. Yeah. The way it should have been, there should have been no tag team title match for Cora and Roxanne. It should have been straight up Roxanne versus Mandy. Roxanne wins the title. Bada boom. Build the jealousy. Not, oh, Roxanne and Cora want the tag team titles. They win the tag team titles. Now Roxanne wants the women's title. But Cora is, for some reason, jealous that she's a champion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make... Either way... Like, like I said, either way, if it, if it was Roxanne as a double champion or Roxanne just being a single, one champion with one title, the only fucking thing that could have saved it is building the fucking jealousy. Just building the jealousy more. That's they, all you need to do. They gave no effort whatsoever nope, to build Nope, they anything. fucking blew their load in a week because, huh, this will be shocking. Yeah, but you know what else is... Do- you know what it is then? It's not shocking. Because you know why? You didn't fucking hide it well. We, you pretty much gave away all the signs that it was Cora Jade. Because Cora's not that good at fucking hiding shit. And it's just like, now you made everything fucking feel illogically and fucking point... Like, illogical and fucking pointless. Like, all of it. Them beating Katana and Caden, then having the match with Katana and Caden, t- just them winning the fucking tag team titles. Like, what is the fucking point anymore? All of it. Every fucking thing after Roxanne won the contract, you have fucking blown it. It all feels pointless now. Congratulations, WWE. You fucking booked NXT into the fucking bin. You were like, well, we gotta drag NXT into the fucking trash bin with Monday Night Raw and fucking SmackDown every week. Fuck you guys for fucking taking a show that everybody used to love and turning it into a main roster show. A third main roster show. You fucking idiots. Like, I, I just... It, 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 it's still, even to right now, 
boggles my mind at how fucking stupid that was. AW, Wednesday night. Week one of Fighter Fest. Show kicked off. Wardlow defending the TNT title against Orange Cassidy. First half of the match, fucking hated it. Yeah, it was an absolute fucking circus. It was. It was a fucking goofy fucking circus. The, fir the whole first half of this match is comedic as fuck. And the first thing I said is, hmm, AEW, the fucking company that doesn't pride themselves on being sports entertainment, sure as hell is putting on a match that freaking, in the beginning, is pretty much fucking sports entertainment. It's all fucking comedy in the beginning. Yep. Actually, to tell you the truth, the whole fucking match itself is comedy. Literally. Orange Cassidy's doing the fucking thing where he gets grabbed by the throat after they finally, like, get, they finally get best friends out of the... Uh, at a ringside. First off, why the fuck is Chuck Taylor grabbing a fucking chainsaw? Second of all, where the fuck is there a chainsaw under the goddamn ring? Why is there a chainsaw under the ring? First yeah, of all? who put it under there? <laughs> Orange Cassidy was like getting grabbed by the throat and fucking like throwing his weak ass kid. Like Wardlow even was like looking at this match, going, "What the fuck am is this shit that I'm doing right now?" It's just this. This had potential, but it was like they just resorted to Orange Cassidy being a goof. And, like, why would Orange Cassidy do that in a TNT title match? Right? We had Wardlow rip his pockets out at, at the, in the beginning because he attempted to do the fucking... He was going to do the slow fucking start with the hands in the pockets, and then he was going to build up to just starting to wrestle again. But it was like, after he got his pockets ripped out, it was just like everything that he did was just comedic. The whole match felt fucking comedic. Mm -hmm. Wardlow retains in a pretty fucking eh match. It was like I tried to freaking just get past all the comedy, but there was just like, this whole match was just flooded with comedy. And it just fucking makes AEW look stupid because they're like, oh, we, we don't pride ourselves on that. We're all about wrestling, not sports entertainment. But we'll have a match that's like sports entertainment. Goofy and fucking funny and all this other shit. Like, just blah. Not a great way to kick off your show. Like, the fuck? We got highlights of Pac defending the All-Atlantic title, which we fucking found out is apparently just going to be defended not on Dynamite anymore, just gonna be defended all over the world. So cool, you introduced a title that we're never gonna fucking see half the time. Congratulations, Tony Khan. You're an idiot. We got Chris Jericho cutting a promo about Eddie Kingston, talking about how, about their match next week, which is the bar, uh, everywhere barbed wire match. What the fuck is an everywhere, a barbed wire everywhere match? The hell does that even mean? We got the we got the Jericho Appreciation Society suspended in a massive ass shark cage and a barbed wire everywhere match. My question is, where the hell are they gonna find a shark cage that fits Hager, Magic Mouth, fucking Daddy Penis, uh, Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, Tay Conti, 
Where are they going to find a fucking shark cage that holds six people? I mean, they got big-ass shark cages, so... I, you could find one somewhere. But I don't know how the hell they're going to suspend that thing up there. Like, at all. Honestly, I didn't really hate this promo at all. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I actually thought this was a better Jericho promo than just... And one of the better things that Jericho's done and said as of late. Like, other than, like, like I can't stand Chris Jericho. Jericho does nothing for this fucking show anymore. Nothing. He just puts himself over every fucking time. Like, I, I hope to God Eddie Kingston wins next week. Because I can't handle watching this go any farther. Like, my God. Interim world title eliminator match. In other words, AEW having championship contenders matches. Congratulations. You done the one thing that I fucking hate. I hate championship contenders matches. It's so stupid. Especially when you have a fucking goddamn company like AEW who's supposed to pride themselves off rankings. But eliminator matches because cool. But anyway, Moxley vs. Kanosuke Takeshita. This was fucking outstanding. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. But like, what, what, what do you really expect? Takeshita is amazing. Absolutely amazing. The second time we've ever seen him right now. And I fucking love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. Like, I, I almost don't ever want him to go back to Japan. I want him to stay. Again, it's just... I, I, I kind of thought they were going to have Takesh to win just so they could put another title defense on Moxley's freaking belt before he loses the title to CM Punk. But Moxley got the win. Also, National Weather Service, go fuck yourself. Cutting off this goddamn match just because a fucking se severe thunderstorm warning that resulted in fucking nothing by us! <laughs> Go fuck yourselves, you goddamn jerks. You, ugh, you're cutting me off with your stupid warnings. Ugh, it annoyed the hell out of me. But luckily we got to see the ending of it, thank God. Just, it, it was an outstanding match, though. Again, I want more Takeshita. Instead of him just showing up on Rampage occasionally. Like, every time we see him... It's just, it's like a treat. And I want more. More Takeshita, please. Yeah. The, the one problem I had with this match... Yeah, here comes the problem we both had with this match. Did they both need to bleed? No. They don't need to bleed. It's too much. Moxley, chill with the blood. I literally look at this match and I go, this isn't a fucking blood feud. It's literally just a contenders match. Why does Moxley need to bleed? Why does Takeshita need to bleed? It didn't make an ounce of sense. It's an outstanding match. But the blood isn't needed. It's Moxley not. needs to learn to chill with the bleeding. Like, every match so far he's had, he's bled. Well, he didn't, he didn't bleed in the Brody King match. Amazingly. Surprised he didn't. 
At this point, he bled against Tanahashi for no reason. At this point, it just feels like he's bleeding every match. He bled against Tanahashi for no reason. Takeshita bled in this match, and then towards the end of the match, Moxley started bleeding. It doesn't... It's not needed. It, it really isn't. The only match that would make any sense for him to bleed is against Punk. Is that is that even really necessary either? Yes, because he's fighting to be the world champion. Yeah, but it's not a blood feud. It doesn't matter. It's a world title feud. That at least makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Not just a random match that had that Moxley had zero chance of losing. I guess you're right there, like, but he's just, he just keeps bleeding so much. Like, how about just? take a fucking break from it. Like, my God. I, like, it's just ridiculous how he just, he wants to bleed in every match, it feels like. Yeah. Just too much. And it's not like I don't like blood. No, I, I fucking prefer when people bleed. But it's like, when the situation calls for it, not just a random contenders match like this, and you're just like, well... Takeshita's got to bleed. Mox has got to bleed. Surprised the ref didn't bleed. Like, the hell? We got a video package for Brody King beating up Darby Allen. Like, we're getting that match next week for week two. I can call it week two, not night two. Week two of Fighter Fest. Honestly, looking forward to that match. Brody King and Darby Allen, that should be pretty damn good. Yeah. Luchasaurus versus Griff Garrison. Of course. It's, it's exactly what you think it was. Christian literally came out here and pointed out the obvious of Griff Garrison looking like Jungle Boy, and I go, I love how now we bring this up. <laughs> like, we've all on social media talked about how Griff Garrison looks like Jungle Boy, but it's like, now, all of a sudden, because Christian's feuding with Jungle Boy, this is the thing. This is the time to pull out the whole, do you know you look like Jungle Boy? <laughs> like, just... Luchasaurus squashes Griff. That's all it is. It's nothing. Dragonzord. This, this was basically an excuse to A, get Luchasaurus another squash match, and B, have Christian bring up the fact that Brian Pillman Jr.'s dad is dead. Yep. Because that's what Christian is. Christian is literally MJF since we don't have MJF. Okay. I guess. I'd rather MJF because I don't look at Christian and go Christian's the kind of guy who makes these kind of remarks. MJF always gives me that vibe of this is the remarks he makes. I don't look at Christian and say the same. Although, I do have to praise this Christian. Although, I do have to say this, this is this probably Christian the best Christian right now. Christian throwing these things around of, like, just absolutely nuts. Yeah. Loving it right now. Claudio Castagnoli versus Jake Hager. Crowd was chanting, We the People, and I have to say this. I love how they fucking lose their shit and talk about how Jericho talks about how We the People was a stupid gimmick created by stupid people, but apparently 
we needed to have this match so the crowd could chant We the People. Honestly, because I don't know if you knew this, guys. They were best friends. Claudio and Jake, they have a history. I don't yeah. know if you knew this. They Commentary only brought it up a couple of times. <laughs> Just a couple. Just a couple? Just a couple. Just like three, four, maybe 14 times. Just... Just a couple times. Honestly, I wasn't feeling this match too much. It's it's Hager. It's a Hager match, that's it's why. Hager. It's a Hager match for a reason. Hager doesn't fucking really get anybody's juices titillated, I guess you could say. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. Like, You gotta love a good titillated juice. Nobody... <laughs> I, I, I don't get how you can enjoy a Jake Hager match. It's another one of those fucking people you watch wrestle and you go, got it, NyQuil works very well. He's one of those people that, like, still to this day you wonder why the hell did AEW pick up? Because he, he doesn't he doesn't fit the mold of AEW. No. He doesn't. No. He's, he's so out of place. I mean, if they're trying to plug his fucking MMA stuff, he hasn't really had that big of an MMA career compared to, like, Lashley or Lesnar. Like, Hager's had two fights. One he won, and the other one was a no contest because he kicked the guy in the dick. Like, other than that, that's all he's had, MMA-wise. So even touting his MMA career isn't really anything big. Hager just has the personality of a fucking brick wall, and watching him wrestle puts me to sleep. I do have good news, though, for Claudio. Oh, I, I know what Yes. Yep. Claudio is facing Jonathan Gresham at Death Before Dishonor for the ROH world title. Oh my god, am I excited for that match. Gresham versus Claudio. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, that should be... Clearly, Claudio's not winning. Uh, I don't think he wins. I think I don't. I think it's pretty obvious that he does. Do you think he does? I think it's pretty obvious that he does. Really? Since Gresham te- technically isn't signed with AEW, they're gonna they're they want all. But isn't he signed for the Ring of Honor part? Though I I don't really know. Hmm. But it's pr- I think it's pretty obvious that they're going to give it to Claudio because A, Claudio's history with ROH. B, they want all of the all of the ROH titles on people that are contracted. God, fucking holy shit, though. That would be Claudio. Wouldn't that be Claudio's first world title? Yep. Goddamn. That's nuts. That's nuts. If he wins the title... That's gonna be no. That's gonna be a crazy night. They made sure. They made sure to make make you know that last week on AEW. When, I cannot. When Hager, when Hager said you weren't a champion in Ring of Honor, you weren't a champion in WWE, you weren't. A, you were. You're not gonna be a champion here. I can't wait to see that match. I can't. We then followed it up with a hook interview. I I just can we get more hook please. Yeah. You were you put him on TV and then you just kind of took him off TV. 
I want more hook, damn it. We then had Thunderstorm being interviewed, who then got cut off by Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. First thing I said, wow, well, it was quiet while it lasted, and it was a fucking pleasant time not seeing Britt Baker, but now she's back, and oh boy, just... You know the you know the the video of Squidward slamming his head against the fucking cash register. That's me right now when Britt Baker <laughs> comes back, just <laughs> right against the fucking thing, just repeatedly, enough to make you want to just smash your skull in. And like, are they really gonna be making women's tag team titles? I because like hope not. There's no reason for Thunder and Tony to have this tag team name if they're not going to be having women's tag team I mean, there's no point in them tagging up. Yeah. Like, what is the point of them tagging up? They're just tagging up for fan service at this point. There's no fucking reason why they're teaming up. There's, like, they literally just fought each other. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, we're just gonna put our... If we have any differences, we're gonna put them aside to team up because clever tag team name, like... I don't fucking... Like, why? It doesn't give me a reason to give a shit. Why? Why should I care if they're a tag team? I like both women, yes. Do I like them as a team? Yeah, but if it made fucking sense as to why they were a team, I'd like it more. I just don't know why they're a tag team. Serena Deeb vs. Anna J was next. I don't really give a damn. It's not that exciting. Yeah, it wasn't much. It really wasn't. Serena gets the win via tap out. Mercedes Martinez comes out to make the save. We're more than likely getting Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor women's title. I know a lot of people probably aren't excited by that, but the two of them have a chance, have a really high percentage chance that that match could be great. Yeah. Because both women are really good. Like, Mercedes, I really like Mercedes. Mm -hmm. And Serena, like, I like Serena when she wrestles. I don't really like her cutting a promo. Like, she can't talk to save her life. Especially when she sounds like she's drunk. Like that one time she did. So, I, I don't know. I think match-wise, this their match could be great. It's just, will it, is the main question. We got, again, Excalibur running down the card, talking about Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. I still think Samoa Joe's losing the title. I don't think so. I do. I just don't... I, I don't know why. There's just something about it that I think they're going to take the title off of him. We had Anna Jay and Ty Conti... In an in, uh, like a face to face in the trainer's room, I didn't really fucking understand what the hell was going on here. We're more than likely gonna get a match between those two. Can you just feel the fucking excitement radiating off me? It's basically it's pure sarcasm right it's now. It's basically Ty Conti just going, "Oh, look at you losing again. It'd be a shame if you would just join us winners over here at the Jericho Appreciation Society." Yeah, cool. Let's uh whittled down the Dark Order even more. Because pretty much that fucking faction is going to be non-existent in months. Mm -hmm. 
We also got more of Jade Cargill also in here with the baddies. Where, again, they fucking pretty much just didn't want Layla Gray around. Which didn't make an ounce of fucking sense whatsoever. Jade didn't want her help beating, like, the one week. Then she's like, I'll give her a chance the next week. And now they don't want her around again. It's just... I don't give a fuck about this whole entire thing to begin with. Because I don't give a shit about Jade. Jade is ass. She is like really, really bad. Like, Jade is awful, and the baddies are fucking just as bad. I don't know what happened with Kira Hogan. She has gotten worse. She's gotten awful. Pairing her with Jade Cargill may have been one of the biggest mistakes they could have made. Because she does nothing. She's literally gotten worse. And then when Red Velvet was there... You've already just got to hear the fact that, you know, she was trained by Brandy Rhodes. That's enough to make you want to go, well, you know, she's god-awful, because Brandy's god-awful. And Layla Gray, I, I have no convince... Like, you can't convince me enough to give a shit of this. The, Jade with the baddies just is really bad. Jade is awful, and it's, the, the worst part of it is, the baddies are really bad, that they can't even take the focus off of Jade being that bad. It's like, if they were, if the baddies were good, like, actually really good, it could take the fact that Jade isn't, and it would take, the, put the focus on the baddies. But since they're all bad... And not, like, damn, they're bad. Like, they're bad wrestlers. Like, they're pretty bad wrestlers. Like, if they were better wrestling-wise, it would take the focus off of the fact that Jade is pretty bad. But it's not. They, they, they just all are really, really bad. Main event. AEW World Tag Title Match. Triple Threat. Bucks defending against Swerve and Our Glory and Team Taz. Now, this match was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yes, did it hit a point where the referee lost, of course, complete control of what the hell it was? Absolutely. AEW's referees can't keep track of shit. There was one point in this match I still question... Why? At one point, Rick Knox is the referee. Because, of course, it's a Bucks match. Yeah. Rick Knox, it's like, in his contract, must referee Young Buck matches. Rick Knox takes a ref bump in a triple threat with an attempt of using a tag team title as a weapon. Why? It's a triple threat match. Triple threat equals no DQ. Why are we worrying about the ref fucking calling a disqualification, A, and B, it's AEW, they don't call disqualifications. So what the fuck does it matter? Like, what was the point of the ref bump? Nothing. Didn't even lead to the finish didn't even, like, have a finish. It didn't even fucking play into the finish. 
Yeah, because Swerve ended up using the title, and the match still went on for another, like, six minutes. Right? He did the whole tease where he thought he was going to freaking hit Keith Lee with the title. But then just dropped it and kept going. So I didn't freaking understand the point of the ref bump. There was no point in it. Again, it's not like Rick Knox would have called a DQ, and it's a triple threat. There is no DQ. So what the fuck does it matter? The ref bump was unnecessary. But in the end, we got new tag team champions in Swerve in Our Glory. Now, there's a good thing, and there's also a bad thing here in this whole situation. I am happy as hell that Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are tag team champions. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be awesome because of the fact that it's something different. But the other thing, but the bad part of it is, this just feels like the Bucks being fucking bitches because they didn't want to take another L to FTR. This is horseshit. If that if that's the reason why they dropped the tag team titles at first, like, if they were gonna like, but the other thing is that plays into it is apparently Matt Jackson got injured. So did so did the injury play a like a a, a role in this? Is the other thing. But was the original plan for them to retain is the question. Uh, this it's it's a tough situation. Like I am just fucking happy. Like I know it's I know the point I know the story is there. FTR is trying to take is is gonna want those tag team titles and it makes sense because them and the Bucks have the history. Okay. It makes sense. To be honest with you, I'm just happy it's something different. Like I think Swerve in Our Glory and FTR could be outstanding. See, in the moment, I was happy. Because I, I didn't want to see the Bucks as tag team champions to begin with. But the more I thought about it... I mean, think about it. The one I don't, good thing is... I don't like it. The one good thing out of it is... All we would have to do is wait until All Out, and they would have lost the titles. I don't like it for a multitude of reasons. One. Because there's no story. Like you just said. The entire story was in FTR winning the tag team titles from the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Not only getting their fourth... Fourth set of tag titles. Fourth, maybe fifth or sixth or whatever tag team title. It would have been eight. But now it also fits in because the Bucks were the ones to beat them for the tag team titles. But FTR has beaten them too. So this would have been the rubber match. Not only do you just lose any sort of resemblance from of any sort of story. Mm-hmm. Swerve and Keith Lee now have to be transitional champions. No matter what. Yes. They're that's stuck why I'm being saying, transitional champions. That's why I'm saying it's as much as we wanted, like, because we wanted Team Taz to win the tag team. That's the other thing. Let me, let me say that now. I think it's so fucked up. Because Tony Khan went to Twitter. And... 
somebody like quoted him or tagged him in something, asking him if uh, Swerve in Our Glory won the tag team titles because of some reason. I don't remember what the reason were. And he responded and goes, no, completely false. They were going to win from the start. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Because A, like I said, the story. And B, I know this is just me being stupid. I thought you were going to say picky, but... In what world whatsoever do you look at this situation where you have been building this team specifically, Swerve and Our Glory, to break up? To break up multiple times. Have you put this into people's heads that they're basically one wrong move away from breaking up? Mm -hmm. Why? Why would you give them the tag team titles? Secondly, Team Taz, both of them, are both originals. Yep. Ricky Starks, in an interview after that night, literally just straight up said that the f he thinks that it's really annoying that ex-WWE guys that come into AEW get more opportunities than the originals. I mean, is he He lying? just straight up said it. He's not lying. He's not. He's not. And it's bullshit. No, because even I'm at the point where I want Starks and Hobbs to fucking do something. Starks and Hobbs... This is quite possibly the last opportunity that Starks and Hobbs had any sort of chance of winning the tag team titles. Mm -hmm. And now it's gone. The thing because is, Because you wanted to give it to Keith Lee and Swerve, a team that you've teased to break up about 14 times And see, now. that's the thing about it. If you think about it that way, they're des they're at this point destined to break up. So them being transitional champions at this point means nothing. It just it doesn't make a fucking difference. They're destined to break up at this point. So more than likely, it happens at all out. They finally end the team. So like I said, them being transitional champions really does makes no difference. But like whatsoever. if like, if, like if they were going to get it... Like, here's the thing. If they were going to put it on Ricky and, and Powerhouse, they would have been transitional champions. And we want... There's... I have seen more than enough people say that they want a fucking run with those two. They deserve a fucking run with those tag team titles. They do. But I, I don't want them to be transitional champions just for the benefit of FTR. Like I said, the story here is literally just going to be FTR is dead set on adding another set of tag titles. And then leading up to the breakup. That's why I'm saying them being transitional champions really doesn't hurt them as much. Because we know they're destined to break up. It's just the problem is it's, there's just no... There's no circumstance. There's no... There's no fucking, like... You don't feel anything if FTR beats Swerve in our glory. The only thing you feel is, yay, they're the tag team champions. If they beat the Bucks, it was, yay, they got the redemption. They're tag team champions. Now it's just, they're tag team champions. There's, there's nothing. I mean, there's like I said, no, there's no tension between FTR and Swerve in our glory. Yeah, no, it's not. Like I said, the only story in here is FTR 
in the chase to win another set of tag titles. And if it has to do with the injury, then I, it's out of their control. Like I said, though, it's just I I would I would have loved Starks and Hobbs to win the tag titles, but if they're going to be transitional champions, I'm glad they didn't win them. If like I said, if Hobbs, if if no, not Hobbs, if Swerve and Lee are pretty much going to break up, again, them being transitional champions isn't going to hurt. FTR is going to get another set of tag titles, and then they're eventually going to face the Bucks and then beat the Bucks. There's no way in hell they're going to face the Bucks and the Bucks are going to take them fucking tag titles off. That'd be the worst fucking creative decision they could do. At this point. We're going to get the match eventually. It'll just be at the point. For the tag team titles. And it'll just be FTR wanting to freaking. Break the freaking tiebreaker. And finally stick it to the Bucks. At that point. Which so again. There's still story. There's history between the two of them. So in the end. They're still getting a story between the two of them. It's just right now. You're just. Putting FTR. In the to, the only story they're freaking telling for FTR is they want those tag titles to add to these other sets of tag titles they have. But with Swerve and Keith Lee on the verge of breaking up, them being transitional champions really isn't going to hurt them. I just ah. I know it's a, it's a it's a crazy situation. And like again, I want Starks and Hobbs to be tag team champions so bad. But again, like I said, if they were going to be transitional. I'm glad they didn't win. Because I want those two to have a run. I really do. I need Starks and Hobbs to at least win these fucking titles once. And have a run with them. Because every... I've seen so many people want them to win the tag titles. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs are loved at this point. Mm -hmm. They deserve a fucking run. And yes, I agree with Ricky. Thousand percent. All the ex-WWE guys coming in, getting all the opportunities over the originals, is bullshit. It is. Because a lot of the originals are either leaving, or fucking just sitting backstage going, Well, when's my chance? What do I get to do? When am I going to get that opportunity? Like, it's bullshit. Everybody else just gets to walk in the line and cut. While the originals just sit backstage, twiddling their fucking thumbs, going, Well, when's it my turn? I'm still waiting. Like, it's it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And that was it for the show. Again, when it comes down to Swerving Our Glory versus FTR, I, I'm excited as fuck to watch that match. I am. I'm excited as hell to watch that match. I think it's going to be nuts. And again, when the turn happens, Keith Lee versus Swerve might be a fucking fantastic feud. Yeah, they're both be on rampage. But still, it's going to be fantastic. If they actually, even if it starts on rampage, if they somehow bring it over to Dynamite for one night, just think of that match you could get between the two of them. It'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. And now, we cut to SmackDown. Now that we are two and a half hours in. We should probably, like, pick up the pace here. I mean... not going fucking three and a half hours. I mean, we only pump out one episode, so it, let's just fucking go with it. SmackDown wasn't much to talk about. There really anymore, was so nothing. Yeah, there really was nothing about just, SmackDown. Let's just fucking, That's what I'm saying. We could run through yeah, this. Yeah, let's just get... There's something we could run through. Let's just zoom through this.
easily. McAfee comes back, cut a promo on Corbin. Again, I appreciate Pat McAfee selling the assault by Corbin. Yeah. I do. And, again, Corbin cut his promo, and I'm at the point where, again, I am so... This is probably the most excited for a Baron Corbin match I have been. Oh, yeah. Without Just, a doubt. And it's mainly because of Pat. Pat McAfee is making me amp to see a Baron Corbin match. And that's fucking bonkers that I would be this excited for a Baron Corbin match. But it, it's Pat McAfee. I need... I, I fucking love Pat. Pat needs to wrestle. The guy is a fucking bona fide Hall of Famer three times over... To a bunch of us, like the guy is fucking wonderful, fucking wonderful. Championship contenders match: Liv Morgan and Natalia. Honestly, not that good of a match. Yeah, it was, it was very sloppy. Yeah, very sloppy. Like, and I hate saying that because it, for Liv Morgan and how still fucking happy I am that she's champion. This hurts to say, but I got, I, to me, I, I gotta be generally, I gotta be obvious, I gotta be honest here. It just, it wasn't a good match. It really wasn't. And, but Liv gets the win, Natty doesn't get a title match, and again, more than likely we're heading towards Liv and Ronda at SummerSlam. And that's the thing, is like, the match was already made official. Liv and Ronda was already made official, so why are we even, why are we even like, uh, entertaining the fact that Natalia could get a title match? You know why? Because Monday Night Raw has a triple threat, so SmackDown was like, "We'll do the same." Fucking. That's all it was. We had Megan Morant with Theory, who again had an interaction with Paul Heyman where Heyman tried to pretty much convince Theory to not want to cash it in at, on Roman. He pretty much told him also that he was there was no way that he would be able to cash it in on Roman or Brock. He even told him that he wouldn't be able to do it on Brock. We've even said it that I just I can't see Theory cashing it in on Brock or on Roman and actually successfully doing it at all. It's just... It's just more of like T's and Theory cashing in again. Because even Theory said it pretty much that he's still teasing cash. He's pretty much still teasing in cashing in on SummerSlam. So Viking Raiders music played. We thought we were getting actual Viking Raiders. We ended up getting Woods and Kofi dressed up as Viking Raiders. Stupid fucking segment. I cannot stand the new day. I am over the New Day. Just so cringeworthy. Viking Raiders finally come out, go to go beat the shit out of the New Day again, and get cut off by Jinder and Lanky Kong. And it turns to a four-on-one beatdown on the Viking Raiders. Oh boy, now Jinder and Shanky are associated with the New Day. We almost get a Jinder dance. We're Stop so it. close. Stop it. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Jinder Mahal, okay? Stop it. He is a former WWE champion. Stop it. <laughs> Gunther backstage with Ludwig Kaiser, where we 
found out that we're getting another match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Ludwig Kaiser, and Gunther again chops the shit out of Ludwig. My God. Like, he's... I love this Gunther stuff. I do. I love this whole, you better win or you know what's coming next. Your punishment is going to happen again. And it's going to happen again next week. Be prepared. Gunther's going to chop the shit out of him again. Aaliyah versus Lacey Evans. From what happened last week with Lacey Evans' boring-ass fucking promo and laying out Aaliyah with a woman's right. And we didn't even get this match again because Lacey Evans just up and left. She cut a fucking promo again where it almost sounded like she was saying the same thing. I didn't care, didn't listen to a fucking word she said because Lacey Evans doesn't do anything for me. I don't care if she's heel, I don't care if she's babyface, she bores the shit out of me. And I wasn't even amped to see this match in the first place, and thank God it didn't happen. Because reasons. It's just, why should I care? Drew McIntyre makes his way down to the ring where we thought we were going to get another Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus match, where I thought we'd already been, we've already confirmed that Drew was going to face Roman. Nope. Guess what? We thought we were going to get, we were going to get the same match all over again. It was a number one contenders match where the winner will face the undisputed champion at Clash of the Castle. I was like, great, so last week didn't fucking do anything. Okay. Cool. Guess what? We get the same thing all over again this week. Instead of getting Sheamus and Drew, we get Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Or we get Drew and Ridge Holland. Oh boy. If only Samantha Irvin didn't give it away. Yep. If it didn't give it away more that because that fucking Ridge Holland was in wrestling gear, I mean, then you have the the graphics say Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, and then Samantha Irvin goes, accompanied by the the brawling brutes, Ridge Holland. I mean, <laughs> did anybody really not expect this anyway? Even if she didn't, even if she did give it away, did anybody not really expect this? It's obvious that they're just pushing this until exactly. SummerSlam. They're holding it off till SummerSlam, and I don't get why we're doing all this shit. We know Drew's gonna fucking win. We know Drew is going to clash the castle. We know that Drew is going to face Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Come on. I don't need their SummerSlam. Listen, I love Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, and I love watching the two of them beat the shit out of each other. But when I know what's coming, I don't need the fucking match. Get to the fucking point, and let's get this over with. This is literally just letting... This is literally just booking... Yes, it's going to have the fucking stipulation of the winner faces the Universal Undisputed Champion at Clash of the Castle. Okay, but at this point, we know who's winning, so this match is literally just watching them beat the shit out of each other for the sake of beating the shit out of each other. Like... Pretty much. Yeah. Drew beats Ridge. No shock there. Whatsoever. They hyped up more about Jimmy Uso and Angelo Dawkins. And then the announcement of the special guest referee, which, boy oh boy, I can't wait to fucking talk about this one. 
Theory and Madcap was the next match. It wasn't a bad... It was It was okay. It was what it was. Theory loses by disqualification because, once again, people with money in the bank have to lose a lot. No shock there, except it was Theory getting disqualified, so he was even more dumb. I'm already supposed to lose because I'm money in the bank, but you know what? I'll make myself lose. I just need to... I need to ask something. Because... I, we didn't bring it up during Raw, when we talked about Raw, and wh I didn't bring it up last week, or last week's episode when we talked about SmackDown, mm -hmm. but what's with the subtle innuendos? <laughs> last week on SmackDown, this is a whole 100% on me, I was blanking out, I didn't listen to Madcap's <laughs> first half of his promo, I didn't really and all I heard all. was... I bet I could shove it all in his mouth. <laughs> Take that for what you will. <laughs> he said, all I heard was him go, I bet I could shove it all in his mouth. I would love to try. I didn't hear him say that's a mighty big briefcase. All right. <laughs> so I'll let we... you know that might be the, the, the title of this episode, too. Shove it all in his mouth. That'll and then we the go to Raw... Time where Paul Heyman says Roman Reigns is going to reach up Brock Lesnar's ass and pull his heart out of his ass. <laughs> I don't know what kind of fucking kinky shit fucking Bruce Pritchard's into, but he, he, he needs to stop fucking inserting them into the promos. I mean, when, you're, when, you, when your character is brother love, what do you expect? He loves you, he also loves kinky shit, because Bruce Pritchard is a fucking throater, fucking corporate yes-man, because of course he is, because he's a sick fuck. Madcap wins by DQ, Theory goes to leave, he gets confronted by Sami Zayn, who is sadly in a sling, which makes me sad. Sami talks about pretty much saying that he'll never get to cash it in on Roman. He tries to force an apology. Theory will not apologize. The Usos make their way out for their Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins match. Theory books it. He turns around, gets the shit beat out of him by Madcap. He's left laying. We don't see him after that, after he gets hurled over the fucking barricade where he almost crushes poor Samantha Irvin. Madcap looks like a beast for throwing him over the fucking barricade with ease. Just, that was the end of theory for the night. And then we get the singles match. Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins. It's what you expect out of a fucking singles match between Angelo Dawkins and Jimmy Uso. It's just another interchangeable singles match between... The tag team champions and the challengers, which we've already seen before fucking Money in the Banks match. But now, because SummerSlam, we have a rematch, we have to do the same thing over and over again. Interchangeable singles matches. Because, of course we do. Angelo Dawkins gets the win with, of course, Jimmy Uso's shoulder up. So, we get... More bullshit of shoulders being up because let's justify the fact that the referees fucking suck. 
So we really need to have this special guest referee. Oh, he's special, all right. Lo and behold, we find out the special guest referee is fucking slap nuts himself. Good old J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T. Fucking Jeff Jarrett. Oh boy, Jeff Jarrett is the special guest referee. So let me fucking take a wild guess here. The Street Profits are winning the tag titles at fucking SummerSlam because Jeff Jarrett's gonna El Kabong the fuck out of one of the Usos. They're gonna push fucking Jeff Jarrett to the point that he's going to fucking El Kabong one of them with the guitar. We're gonna get a Roman Reigns Jeff Jarrett match. You for the Universal need WWE to stop. Undisputed Universal WWE Heavyweight WWE Universal. Heavyweight, undisputed, heavyweight, WWE, heavyweight, WWE, <laughs> Universal Championship. <laughs> you know that tiny little, like, ten-second video of Michael Jordan saying, stop it, get some help? Yeah, I'm going to tell you that right now. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Why would you put that out in the fucking open like that? We never... Does anybody want to see Roman Reigns versus Jeff Jarrett? Well... No! <laughs> Stop it. I mean, he this is not fucking 2005. Jeff Jarrett didn't look too bad against Elias. I don't care. This isn't fucking TNA. Fucking I'm Triple H of TNA, Jeff Jarrett. Fuck out of here with that nonsense. He didn't look too bad against Stop Elias. Stop it. How long ago was that? It was only a couple years. That's still enough. Like, three? <laughs> it is 2022. Nobody wants to watch Jeff Jarrett wrestle. I mean, they don't have anybody to wrestle Roman. Christ, he went to GCW and beat Effie, for Christ's sake. Exactly. No. <laughs> and you want to know what? You want to know what I fucking say about that match? It's awful. And I like Effie, but this is probably one of the most boring Effie matches ever. Jeff Jarrett is literally the fucking slow-it-down-kid fucking guy the entire match. He is so boring in that match. And of course, how does he win the match? He el him with the fucking guitar. It's just... Literally, it's Jeff Jarrett's trademark, and that's what we're going to get at SummerSlam, where the Street Profits are going to win... That way, and then we're gonna get another match between them because the Usos need their rematch. Congratulations, we're starting the descent of the bloodline, and that was the end of it's that. It's all because of fucking slap nuts. Yep. That was the week in wrestling right there. It's been a week and one fucking night of full of rage for me. Because boy oh boy. Tuesday of all nights pissed me the fuck off. Absolutely pissed me off. I thought that I I literally almost said that that right there ruined the entire week because that whole fucking bullshit in the main event. Like it just it, it did it did it in for me. So that's it on our end for this week. We'll be back next week with another fucking rant filled probably week of pro wrestling from your boys over here just telling the truth telling the way we see it again you don't have to agree with what we say if you do cool 
if you don't, cool. You know, yeah. you ain't gotta you ain't gotta agree. Like I said, if you like just listening to people rant because you know we list, we just love pro wrestling. It's our it's our love of pro wrestling, and we like to call out bullshit when we have to because. It builds up enough of a fucking rant for a reason. But again, we give praise to what needs to be praised. You know, we're not just negative to be negative. And we're not overly positive because we're expecting yeah. a owner of a company to retweet us on Twitter or exactly. us back. Right? We're not do, we don't do this shit for an interview. We don't do this shit to fucking have promoters try to fucking suck our dicks. No. We do this because we fucking love it, and it's the way we see, the way we do it, and again, you agree, you agree, you don't agree, you don't agree, either way, it's cool with us. So again, find the show, listen to it, we're on almost every platform, except for Apple, like I said, one day we'll get there, one day I'll be able to say, on all platforms. Well, at this point, Apple's just like, hey, you know... Those fucking guys over there, just fuck them. <laughs> Apple has personal beef with us, I guess. They don't like our opinions. <laughs> oh, guess not. Well, oh well. Anyway, on almost every platform, eventually it'll be on Apple, then I can say every platform. Follow us, only on Twitter for me, at JustinTime211. Uh, okay, go ahead, keep, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'd rather not have six million fucking social medias, only one, follow me there. Follow me on Twitter at JeremyInTime721. See you guys next week. We are out of here.